major and may be inappropriate for persons under the age of 18. Oh, boy. That's it. You blew it. You don't get to see your program. Finish. One minute to Wagner. One minute to Wagner. One minute to Wagner. I had you in there, Ray. You were in there. You had it all. They are in there making legal history, Ray. I'm very sorry about that. That man right there is my brother. If he doesn't get to watch people in about 30 seconds, he's going to throw a fit right here in your porch. And you can help me, or you can stand there and watch it happen. Hey, Stoner and John here with Joey and Cindy Adams. Hi. Hi. Cindy? <laughs> oh, hi. 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 Yeah, you've got the questions all set? Yeah, hold on, just watch. Yeah. I'll have to tell you, I really do like Howard Stern. Watch a bad mouth him on... Because he's always bad-mouthing me. That's the reason for it. It's it sort of what I thought it was. It's like an old kind of fun feud. I didn't realize he would take it seriously because I, I never meant it. He's doing it to me all the time. Now, he's got prepared questions and he's going to try to kill it. You say something clever. You say something clever, Joe. I like Howard Stern. I have no taste, but I like him. Okay. He said it, I didn't. Go ahead, what else? All right, all right. Go ahead, Hot Shot. When was the last time uh, Joey had a solid bowel movement? That's, that's very good. That's one of your better ones. Look right. like he did it on you. All right, have you ever had crab, Cindy? What is it? Crabs. Uh, all right, Joey. Joey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Joey, how many times have you seen Haley's comic? No, no, uh, how many no, no. No, no, no way. Take care, Cindy. How can you bad him then? A handsome shock jock. That's me. A buxom newswoman with private parts that won't say no. That's me. And a horny nevish millionaire. That's me. In a Hebrew proposal. Howard, bad news. What is it? General Manager Tom Chikasano wants to see us. I'm telling you, I have a bad feeling. Why do you think we're in trouble? No, I'd just rather shoot myself in the foot than talk to Tom Chipersano. I'll tell you something, Jackie's toenails have more personality. Tom, Tom we're here. Here? here? Yeah, yeah, we're here. here. Why? You said you were teed off. No, no, I don't tee off until four. Look, Tom, what's on your mind? We need to talk turkey, Tom. I don't speak turkey. Do I look Turkish? Hey, Tom, come here. Yes? Delay, oh, you're... Oh, oh, that's enough. Oh, come on, Tom. Don't be around the bush. Look, you two. The FCC is fined us a million dollars. Why? What did I say this time? A million dollars? Did the FCC fined us a million dollars? What, what the hell could I have said? You said the word... And they heard you say it. Tom, that's terrible, but what can we do? We can figure out a way to pay the fine and grace. But if not, you're both out of here. Oh, my. That's Maroon. terrible. Maroon. Now, you two get out. I have to wash my balls. They're grass stained. Thanks a lot, Tom, man. Thanks for nothing. Four. Meanwhile, in another part of town, Woody Allen is watching Robin on Dick Clark's TV hit, Scattergories. You know that word they use. Love. Oh, Boy, look at those lungs. I could use a mature schmatzer with big brown cantaloupes. I'm tired of that flat-chested yellow chink. Ah, hey, Woody, me, honey, me, want you. Shut up, shut up. I'm watching categories. And go put a bra on those dumplings that you call breasts. Haven't you ever been seduced with a good, stiff martini? There you go. 
I wonder if she took my million-dollar offer seriously. What's up, Libby? Million what? Shut up or I'll turn you to Mia and trade you in for your brother's suitcase. That's that Whatever. Back at the radio station, Robin reveals Woody's secret proposal to Howard. Wait a second, Robin. You're telling me that Woody Allen has offered you a million dollars for sex? Yes. Do you think it's wrong? Wrong. That's great. Friggin' great. For a million dollars, I'll have sex with him. I keep my ears. I can't believe your jugs. <laughs> so beautiful. And so, in order to pay the FCC fines, Robin made her greatest sacrifice. Cancel my nail and seaweed appointment. Robin, I can't believe you accepted my offer. Kiss me. Ugh, phew. You smell like a filter fish. It's Seder. Now spread like locks. Ugh, you're repulsive. You can buy my body, but you can't buy my love. I hope you take the million dollars and buy some acting lessons. <laughs> Your touch makes my skin crawl. What if I throw in an extra 50000 I love you. Who is it? It's me! Uh-oh. I'm Nick Reverend. Sunni's father. Little mattress is more trouble than she. Uh, it's me, Howard. Let me in. Go away, you jerk. Romancing. Howard, what is it? Robin, you don't need to do it. I have the money. Rats foiled again. Howard, how did you get the million dollars? Robin, I sold Gary's teeth. I sold Gary's teeth. To who? To a piano company. His teeth will make thousands of pianos. We're saved. And that is our story. A Hebrew proposal. Robin, for $35, will you find me? Howard, you're my hero. Robin, don't thank me. Think that stupid, smelly, hairy, dopey, inept, toothless Gary. He's your hero. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good, yeah. And you know what my favorite part is when you go... <laughs> oh, I can't believe he's going to do it. Yeah. Oh, Brian. Right. Play the car for a bit. Yeah, crank it up. Quintus 
Sutterer. That's Quentin Sutterer. Welcome to Howard Stern, Michael J. and Underpants Party. cast of sizzling stars and dazzling deviants. They're all here live. But it's up for me, Quentin Stutterer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the hot, horny, big and bulging large and Howard Stern. Ah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm a little late, Robin. I was uh, I was at home uh, writing to Terry Hatcher from <laughs> Superman. <laughs> How many letters so far? Oh, gee. Is it nine or ten? <laughs> In two days. I need to, I need to have you now. <laughs> the most exciting part of my trip to Los Angeles was getting Terry Hatcher's email address and then meeting Ron Goldman's sister. First Terry Hatcher's email address. I actually wrote her this one because Jackie told me I gave her my address, but it was the wrong address. You keep doing that to people. I, you know I have no memory. Oh. It was a simple mistake, though. I, I, I transposed a few. Of course, that's your dyslexia. I have my dyslexia, baby. And <laughs> hey, let me take a break. We'll tell you everything that's going on because uh, hell continues to break loose. Oh, has there been have there been more repercussions from your uh, Los Angeles trip? I'm not sure. Probably yes. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and blah, 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 blah. All right. Come on, baby. More to come when the Howard Stern Show returns in a moment. 97.1 The Eagle. 6.15 at The Eagle. This is Brad Baxter. It's 6.18 at 97.1 The Eagle. This is Roseanne. You're listening to the Howard Stern Show. It's great. I love it. <laughs> well, here we are. Jackie doing something yeah. in the commercial yeah. Jackie was trying to convince me. Can I, I can say this. Jackie was trying to convince me that the word pecker is not a dirty word. <laughs> I mean, it's not a dirty word to the point that you can't... You, you it's not inherently a dirty word, pecker. Right. Not inherently. What yeah. do you mean? Balls is not a dirty word, is it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> of course it is. And so is Pecker. <laughs> Why name it Pecker? I mean, it's not a horrible word. It's just, you know, it's, of course, everyone knows what it means. What else is a Pecker? Well, it's running of a chicken. It was just a funny discussion. Jackie tries to figure out, you know, I go, Jackie, yeah, it is, but, but it is. <laughs> you don't you have to try and convince me that it isn't. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, but it's... Where did it come up? Is Jackie trying to use that? Oh, Sergeant Peck. Yeah, he was saying, yeah, that's not a dirty name. <laughs> 
I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had something else in mind. Yes, yeah. yeah. What did you have in mind, Jackie, while calling your CD Sergeant Pecker? <laughs> I was talking about the front of a chicken. Sergeant Chicken. Just sounded funny. Sergeant Front of the Chicken. <laughs> All right, thank you. It's just funny. Uh, ow! Do you find that is that offensive? No, it's not offensive. I just said it's a dirty word, though. It isn't a dirty word. It isn't. It's a. It means penis. Charge of penis. Thank you. Look up Packer in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm serious. Stupid. I'm not stupid. No, it's just like balls isn't a dirty word. It depends right. on the context. Right. All right. I, I, you know, I don't know why I have to explain these things to people. I don't even know no. why it come, comes up. What? No. He just decided to engage yeah. you in a discussion oh, yeah. of whether Sergeant Peck is yeah. dirty? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I, I just want to be left alone. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> he's just looking for plugs. I see. All right. it's uh, He's really not that stupid. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me tell you about... Uh, let's let's review the trip to Los Angeles. Yes, it was quite eventful. Let's see. Because I don't want to leave any, any discussion out. I mean, let's let's see. Okay. I was still trying to take it all in this weekend. There, a lot happened in those three days. Yeah. All I know is my Tonight Show appearance, people say, is legendary. It has to be. Yeah. Everybody was congratulating me in the hall <laughs> for my uh, Tonight Show appearance. Did I... you hear the statement that NBC put out? Yeah, I think I have it. <laughs> I, I saw it somewhere, and I think I brought it in. I know. I saw it in one of the papers on Friday. Or Saturday. I can't remember what day it is anymore. Oh, I didn't bring it in. I left it at home. Allison has it. Oh. Oh, crap. I have 87 papers. Their statement was like, Howard Stern is a jack-off. No. NBC. It was something to the effect that Howard Stern has done the Tonight Show many times before and always remained within the show limits. Yeah. However, this time he went beyond the boundaries of uh, good taste. And uh, that is why the show had to be edited. Yeah, but I, I didn't say... Okay. So anyway, yes, I thought it was interesting that a statement had to be yeah. made. Yeah, NBC made a statement. How funny is that? You know, what? Yeah, it's, it was in Saturday's paper. I read it, too. Allison ripped it out of the paper for me. Yeah. So, uh, wow. I, I mean, like, tons of people were just writing me. You know, I was reading some stuff on the Internet. Everyone said, man, it was a great appearance. It was. And judging from the ratings, uh, you know, everybody was really digging it. And I know I, I was... I would like to know what the final ratings were. Uh, I don't have them, but I'm sure we'll get them by the end of the day. Okay, because it seemed, you know, from those preliminaries, it looked like you doubled... Yeah. ...the usual ratings. Yeah, oh, yeah, easily. And more than doubled his share. Yeah. So, you know, I know what happened now. I met a guy at, in, when I was doing the Los Angeles book signing. I met a guy, in fact, I met all of Los Angeles. I met a guy who was in the director's booth during the Tonight Show. Yeah? And he said to me, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I know, I was sitting there. 
He was in the booth. Okay. During the show, Jay Leno, they have a way of communicating somehow. I don't know, on a phone or something. Jay, because Jay was busy or doing something. But during the show, or directly after the show, I can't. He's going to call on this guy. Yeah, because I would love to. Okay. Jay said, "We're not running this show." Yeah. Jay is the only one who panicked. You know, I was watching Entertainment oh, Tonight. Oh, so people in the director's booth were fine. They were fine. The producer was fine. Everyone was fine, and then Jay started freaking out and panicking, and oh my God. You know, Jay's into this thing now. He thinks he's on top forever. He's going to be the number one guy. He's going to be like Johnny Carson and keep all, all, everything off the air. You know, I don't know what he's going to do. I'm watching the uh, entertainment tonight, and they're showing me at the book signing, signing women's breasts, and women, like, with their, with their nipple hanging out. Uh -huh. And um, no problem showing that. Right. That's at 7.30 at night when kids Jay, are running. Jay. But Jay, and then it even said in Neil Travis's column today that... Um, you know, the lesbian kiss has been done before. I don't know if you saw this. No. And he says that the two girls on the Leno show engaged in a soul kiss. Mm -hmm. They didn't even soul kiss. They just touched each other's we lips. You couldn't even see past their hair. But I'm telling you because I rehearsed it with them. They... We did it right there at yeah. uh, the monkey bar. I wouldn't know what their lips were doing. Well, I'm just, just for the record, I'm telling you, their tongues were not exchanged. Who cares? Well, evidently it is an issue. <laughs> but, I mean, Jay is on a bigger crusade than Billy Graham. Jay panicked because Jay is not a broadcaster. He doesn't know what you can do. Jay, the whole time I'm on that show, was freaking out and yelling at me. It's never going to be seen. It's going to be cut. And I don't think this is funny, and I don't like it. And Jay, by the way, statement in the paper on Saturday was that he just didn't think it was funny. Right. And I'm going to tell you something. The only guy who didn't think it was funny was Jay, because Jay felt... You see, Jay didn't have a problem so much with uh, the women kissing. Jay had a problem with the fact that he lost control of the show. I know yeah. it, because what did they cut out of the show? They cut out of the show Jay storming off the show. Yeah. All of Jay's reactions, his real reactions. Yeah, and I still say I would go... Um, I mean, I'm due to do the Letterman show. I heard Letterman made a whole commentary about it on Friday night. Oh, I don't I don't know about that. That's what um that's what somebody told me. Now I don't know if that's true or not. Does anybody know? Nobody watches it. Nobody watches yeah. it. Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> somebody told me that, but I know Jay evidently made comments and I don't even know what he said Friday night. I tried to catch that and I guess maybe I came I you know, in mid uh monologue and he wasn't saying anything about it then he must have done it right at the top. Anybody who has tape of uh, not only the LA newscast with what was I going saw on. I a couple of those. Yeah, those were wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the crowd was estimated as high as 35,000 at one point. 35... All I know yeah. is that everybody I passed, I stayed away from the whole thing. And I was just sort of walking around in another little section of Los Angeles. Yeah. And I ran into uh, Kadeem Hardison, yeah. who played uh, that character on A Different World. Yeah. And he said, what the hell are you doing to Los Angeles? Yeah, it was like an invasion. <laughs> it was like everybody thought you had turned the world upside down. I know, we were there for two days, and the Tonight Show was almost like not going to air. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. then you clogged up all of Westwood. We closed down all the streets around that bookstore, and it was really cool. People, but you know what bothers me on the newscast? At least w one of the ones I saw. They always try to look for something negative. I know about your appearance anywhere. Yeah, I know. Now, if, you know, the Rolling Stones had come there and clogged up traffic like that, yeah. just would have been a story about the Rolling Stones and what a big yeah, crowd yeah. 
You, they go and interview the other business people on the show. Yeah, and then I suck. And and how you're ruining their business. Yeah, excuse me. I'm just there. I'm just there to sign books. I can't predict how many people are going to show up. Yep, we can't do any business today. Uh, why can't you do business today with thirty-five thousand people out there in front of your store looking? So you know, get a little innovative and uh, start selling to people well, online. I talked to this one restaurant guy who said, you know, usually you know he has like eighty percent reservations on a Friday night or something. Yeah. And this time he had no reservations and there were only three people at the restaurant. Oh man. <laughs> So, so so take your food out into the the uh, yeah, line. Yeah, serve the people. Yeah, you can make a fortune. But Everyone's no, so lazy. Sat there and complain. Yeah, just sit and complain. Be entrepreneurial. I'll be glad when he's gone. <laughs> Great. Well, it was amazing. Because what was amazing was me. I stayed there for ten hours. Yes, I saw that you were like didn't leave until like seven fifteen or something. I signed about uh, later than that. I got I, I, yeah about about quarter eight. I got out. Yeah. And I signed for ten, almost ten hours. And I signed. Uh, what time did you get there? I I wanted to get there at about nine a.m. I couldn't get there. The LAPD, who were unbelievable to me, really good people. They, uh, I like the LAPD. You know, I like the Rodney King Bean. I like it. Okay, so you've always been a big fan. <laughs> I, of it. I I love those Nothing guys. Nothing has changed. I, you know, I was talking to some of these guys, and they're just regular guys standing there. They happen I, I to wear a uniform. Them, yeah. And it's like, it's the scariest thing in the world because, you know, those uniforms are targets for these marauders and criminals. And they're our last defense and everyone's pissing all over them because they beat up a drunk. <laughs> anyway, it drives me crazy. Thank God. Go beat up more drunks. <laughs> Don't stop now. You see that drunk here in New York or some who derelict stabbed who stabbed a little girl with a needle? needle yeah. Lock them up. When Mayor Cox tried to lock up these, 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 these mental patients, Take them off the, street. And everyone, the ACLU started screaming. Now they're jabbing people with needles. Great. Yeah, keep protecting them. You got to let the cops take them in the corner and smash them over the head a little bit. Got to be free. Yeah, we know who. Yeah, they got to be free. These <laughs> mental patients. Thank God, God bless Governor Pataki. He's cutting back all the welfare benefits and everything. So now all these homeless and all these nut jobs, all the mental cases, are gonna have to move down south or something. <laughs> Where they can find some more welfare. Right. It's gonna be great. I love that guy. Oh, you're a man. I love God bless Governor Pataki. God bless the LAPD. It's just that we can't afford this. Stuff. Yes, sir. That's right. We can't afford it. Especially not if we can't lock up the crazy. Yeah, we have crazy mental people roaming on the subway. This woman and her child get on the subway. Two seconds later, the kid's being stabbed with a hypodermic. God knows what was all over the needle. They have the nerve to raise the price to get on the subway. Yeah. They ought to be glad anybody still uses it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this guy stabs a little girl, a six-year-old girl with a hypodermic needle. Now her whole life is like going to be for the six next six months, months. She's got to sit around waiting yeah. to see if something comes back HIV positive. Yeah. And if they'd listened to Mayor Koch years ago, they would have had guys like this off the subways. They would have had them locked up in the mental institutions where they belong because they're all mental. But nobody wants to lock up the mental. No, you have to walk around the street trying to avoid the homeless, you know, and not make eye contact with them so yeah. they don't stab you. And then if a cop grabs this guy after you stab somebody and whacks him over the head a little bit, they knock some sense into him, everyone starts screaming. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Well, good. Police brutality. Yeah, keep, keep screaming about the LAPD. You'll see what'll get you. You're going to end up getting stabbed with needles. Jack off. <laughs> well, they're all in their cars. Right. Police. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, so the LAPD, they were overwhelmed by the size of the crowd because they were geared up for me showing up at noon. Uh -huh. So they quickly uh, got it together and made it so I could come at 11. Oh. 
But I showed up at around 10.15, actually. Yeah. I got there about 10.15, and they let me through. They were all set up because they had to put on 40 additional guys. Yeah. And then... It's so funny to me how whenever you uh, do one of these things, you have one girl who makes sure to stay so close to you. She's like glue. And that was Sandy Corn or Sandy Taylor. Oh, yeah. On Friday. Oh, yeah. She never left your side, I'll bet. Yeah, she knows... She knows what to do. <laughs> she was in every time. Was she? Yeah. yeah, well, it depended on what... Well, it was kind of weird. So I get there, and I'm signing these books at... You know, you first get there, it gets a little confusing because the bookstore isn't prepared for it. Yeah. And we have to get... We have a whole way of doing it. So I could... I was signing 1200 an hour. Mm. They clock me every three seconds at signing wow. a book. And once I get into it, you know, it's really kind of a weird thing. Once I get into it, I can really move. But as long as the books are open and I can keep getting people through the line. Yeah. Right. You know what's funny? I was I happened to tune into Regis and Kathy Lee yeah. uh, one morning. I forget which one it was, but Regis had been somewhere signing his book. Yeah, there were like three people there. And uh, it was out in the Midwest somewhere where nobody comes, you know? Yeah. And so he got a, he was like crowing about his crowd of 900 people. Yeah. Ooh, yes, 900 people. I signed book, books for three hours. Three hours? Yeah, he stretched it out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was signing for three hours. I mean, 900 people. There was probably 200 people there if he was lucky. <laughs> and he talked to each one for a half hour. Because John went to his New York book signing, and I don't think he had 100 people there. <laughs> We're not even sure he had 100, because John said he was, Regis was willing to talk to John. Yes, yeah, several of the people yeah. in the crowd were John's crew. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's bought that piece of crap. So, <clears throat> so, anyway, I get to this uh, L.A. book signing, you know, and there's like thousands of people online. Yeah, one of the drivers said to me, you probably have broken a record for more books signed. I signed 20,000 there. I signed 20,000. That has to be some kind of a record. Yeah, I signed, they, they, they say anywhere between 15 and 20,000. And I only signed like one book per person. So wow. everyone, I, I, got, I did not leave until I signed every person's book. Because I wasn't going to leave. I mean, there have been people waiting 17 hours. Yeah. So, uh... And the fans were great. Everyone was well behaved. At one point, they had to get me on the radio, make an announcement for everyone to stay calm. That was pretty cool. Uh, wow. Yeah. What was that all about? I don't know. There was a little bit of disruption on the line. People getting a little angry, antsy. You know, whatever was going on. Calm. I, I, like I had to get on and call for calm. Can't we all just? Yeah. It was one of those things. Like you know, it's a day of peace. It's like our Woodstock. Everyone remain calm. Oh, no. Meet each other online, and everyone calm down. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What are you people doing? It was great. And then. Um, this camera guy comes. I'm signing for like I'm now in my ninth hour, and all the cameras have left and everything. This one camera guy comes by, and I don't even know what station it was for. It was the last guy there, and this girl comes up. The fans were great because this girl comes up, and all of a sudden she meets me, and she gives me a hug, and she broke down and started crying. And they had it on camera, which is real good. I'm wondering if they showed that on TV. I didn't see anybody crying. Yeah, this was out in L.A. I yeah? Yeah. I mean, how many, you know, out of thousands of people, they had the camera for that one. <laughs> I only saw two reports, though, <clears throat> and I don't even know what stations I was looking at at that point. Yeah, so anyway, I, uh, you know, I'm there, and it was really kind of cool. Uh, Roddy Dangerfield came by to say hi. Really? Yeah, and he walked up and down the line, greeted everyone. Wow. Walked, did the whole tour. Like a USO tour, Rodney was great. Hmm. It was good to see him. It was real nice when he just came by. He said, "I want to come by and just wish you good luck." I, you know, I love what you're doing. Who even knew he was in LA. Yeah, he was just hanging out, and he decided to come by. Um, Why didn't he do the radio show? I don't know. 
it's too early for him. Oh, and, or late, whatever. Yeah. Fabio came by. Fabio. Yeah, he came by, Fabio. And I was like comparing his breast to mine on the cover of my book. <laughs> so I so saw Fabio and uh, Jessica Hahn came by. You're kidding. No, she came by. Did she have a booger in it? No, so she had to leave. She left. Did you save it to her? Yeah, I, no, I gave her a big hug. I said hello and everything. But, you know, she's, she's allowed to come to a book side. She just can't come on the air until she has her I, booger. Okay. Yeah. Because everyone was screaming at her to wear the booger. Uh, <laughs> how did she look? Yeah. She looked great. Yeah. And... What she was naked. She didn't have any clothes oh, on. <laughs> she just came naked. She, no, she was wearing, like, her, you know, you know how, she always dresses the same. She always has that one short dress. Little black dress? Yeah, with the breasts hanging almost all the way out. <laughs> you know, with the boobs hanging all the way out. And she looked great, gave me a big hug. I don't know, she seemed a little nervous or something. I don't know. She just kind of split real quick. Hmm. But she wanted to say, which I appreciate it was nice. And, uh... I don't know how you managed that day. I was punch drunk. Oh. By the time I got off the air on Friday. Man, was I beat. And then all of a sudden I saw the crowd. I said, let's go over now and start signing. But, you know, the LAPD said, you don't show up until we're ready because they're right. I mean, you know, you called it for noon, we'll get it. They let me in at 10.15, so. Yeah. So I went over and I started signing. I don't even know how I signed all those books. I got a huge blister on my finger. And you were still waving and carrying on when you left because I saw them putting you in the car. I spoke to each person on the line. I really did. I had, I had all the people behind me removed. You know what I mean? Who was behind you? you no, know, people like to stand behind me. So I said, don't talk in my ear. I want to talk to the people on the line. Oh, okay. And I talked to the people on the line. So people start talking behind me. I can't hear what anyone's saying. <laughs> so it went really smooth. And, um, you know, everyone, everyone, now no one is saying F. Jackie anymore. What it's are they saying? F. J. Leno. Oh, there you go. Everyone hates Jay Leno. They think he's an uptight jerk. Yeah. They well. think he ruined, you know, he... he they, the girls were very disappointed in him. Yeah. He didn't look good. He did not look good, did he? He didn't look good. No. Those girls said, we expected more of Jay. Yeah. They didn't expect him to be this uptight little bitty. Yeah. And it was all Jay. Don't believe anything that they're putting out. It was all Jay sitting and making those weird edits. No one from the NBC show had made those edits. And I don't care what Jay said. I know a guy who was sitting in the director's booth. He called up and said, don't air the show. Well, that's why Jay kept trying to end the show yeah. a number of times, because he had already decided he wasn't going to air it. Well, I told you during the taping of the show, Jay says to me, uh, you want to, um, why don't you just come out again and we'll start from the top? <laughs> and I went, no. <laughs> what do you mean, start from the top? I said, it'll be fine. You guys will run it the way it aired. Well, he, because you know, he walked off a number of times. Yeah, he walked off his own said show. Good night, a number of times. Yeah, back before it was they weird. They had their final good night. You know, a lot of people on the line were at the Tonight Show taping. Uh -huh. In fact, uh, someone complained they had to sit behind a Melrose Larry Green. Uh -huh. So uh, how he gets in, I don't know. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. But they, you know, all, a lot of people on the line were at the Tonight Show, and they said it was the wildest thing they ever saw. I mean, yeah. you had to see what was going on, because not only were these long, huge discussions during the break with me yelling at Jay, Jay yelling at me. All I know is, like, I saw a lot of hand gestures, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of finger pointing and finger shaking. At that point, I had forgotten there was an audience watching. I, you know, I was in there fighting for my life because they wanted to retake the show. Yeah. And I said, no. And I said, it'll run. Don't worry about it. I said, you let NBC look at it. It's fine. 
They were going to do this on Saturday Night Live. Roseanne had a kiss on TV. But Jay was in a panic because one woman in the audience walked out. An old bitty said, no. She was sitting there watching. Where, goes, where did he see this woman walk out? I don't out? know. Yeah, but the one woman goes like this. She went, no. Not a lesbian kiss. Don't kiss. Don't kiss. And then she got up and freaked when they I kissed. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. No. One person. Bring around the couch. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, and the whole Siskel and Ebert thing, what was going on during that, people who were actually in the audience. Did you watch the tape? I haven't you, seen what I, they aired. I haven't seen it either yet. I, I don't want to look at what aired oh. because it'll you break my heart. To. I want to see what yeah, they did. All right. Because then we won't be able to know what we should tell people that was happening that they didn't see. Well, all during Siskel and Ebert, the camera never once went to me on the end of the couch. <laughs> so you hear a lot of reactions, right. but you don't know what people are reacting to. And then when Jay threw up his hands and walked off the set and said, we can't go on with this anymore, and the girl was sucking my toes, <laughs> and he was really pissed and wouldn't look at me. <laughs> They cut that all out. No one, no one has seen it. That's why everybody started canning. Right. And everyone, and all There's the so canning is going out. on. Yeah. And then the monitors, all it was was Bill Lieber sitting there, <clears throat> and they, Jay refused to acknowledge you. That's why people started chanting. Yeah, it was wild. They, I mean, yeah. the, the set the had broken up. Took over the show at one point. <laughs> and I still can't believe. And you know what? You know what? Oh, so I'm coming home on the plane. So who do I meet on the plane? Robin Leach was on my plane. Oh. Robin Leach said, you know, I was supposed to be, I was booked for Thursday on The Tonight Show, but I had, I had a scheduling conflict, so I couldn't do it. So he was supposed to be there. Oh, he, he says, would have been great. And he said, if I had been there, I would have shown those girls a few things. Oh, absolutely. He yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. I mean, Siskel and Ebert refused to get off that casino thing and mm. analyze what was going on. They blew it, and you know what? They can't admit it. No one can admit it, no, and Jay can't admit it. they don't want to admit that they didn't yeah. respond to the times that, you know, or the situation yeah. at that moment. Uh, it was unbelievable. They tried to pretend it wasn't happening. Yeah. And I love I love uh, Gene Siskel telling me it wasn't funny. He, he was sitting and bumming me best. out. He was the best. Yeah, and I knew it was funny. <laughs> tonight you weren't funny. <laughs> yeah, he goes to me tonight. You know, he goes. You know what he said to me, Gene Siskel, the bald guy, not the fat one. He goes, the fat one wasn't talking to me. Yeah, he wasn't talking to you at all for one. The bald one goes, you sabotaged us tonight. And I go, no, I didn't. I was trying to be funny. Why don't you get into trying it? Trying to make something happen. He goes, you lively. He goes, Howard, I'm like a big brother to you. You know that. And I tell you the right thing. Now, now where he became my big brother—that's why show business sucks. Where he became my big yeah, brother. Yeah, all of a sudden he's a big brother. A movie How critic. Often do you see him? Yeah, a movie he's reviewer. Your brother. He's my big brother. I don't know why he thinks that we have this bond. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know why. They think that you guys are really good friends because we're not. Because they've done the show like probably fifteen times. Yeah, but we're not good friends. I've never seen those guys outside of their show. I mean, I like them and everything. They're great guests. Yeah, you don't but... talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, career advice from him. If you notice, when they come on my show, I don't have them doing movie reviews. I'm not interested. I'm have I weigh them. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about their black wife. That's what I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. If you're interested uh, on these cards here, the next night, Leno did a minute thirty-eight about you in a oh, monologue. Great. Oh great! And then Mary Tyler Moore brings you up in oh, a really? bizarre way. Oh, wow! Hmm. Somebody phoned these in. You know, there was a. If anyone has the fax number, could think of fax of Saturdays. I think it was Daily News. Yes. Yeah. Had what the NBC Tonight Show statement about me, 
Education statement. 212-759-KICKFACTS. Yeah, fax us that, will you? Or if anybody has any Los Angeles reports from television also. Could the tons. L.A. Station or somebody get them for you? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So if the L.A. Station has them, I wish they would learn to send that stuff to it from Monday morning, but they never can. What? Here's Jay. Let me take a break. Okay. And then i got to tell you, I was... Uh, I was on the plane with and stuff. Oh, I'll tell you who I was on the plane with. Yeah, everybody was on the plane with somebody. Hey, didn't Martha Quinn come to your book signing as well? Yeah, Martha Quinn showed up. I forgot oh. to say that. I saw her for like two seconds. You know what it is, though? I couldn't really stop and schmooze with, with, these, anybody. with anybody because I have to keep signing. There are people waiting 17 hours for a sure, signature. There's no time to talk. Hey, nobody could have badmouthed me after that Los Angeles signing. I didn't hear one bad thing. No. Any uh, stories from the line? One guy, uh, there was a couple of guys. San Francisco was mostly women, uh -huh. but uh, Los Angeles, for some reason, was mostly guys. I see. So every guy was waiting to get laid, but there was a no couple guys. of guys. There was a couple no of guys who had sex online. Really? Yeah, overnight. I don't think any of that's true. I think people make up those stories. No, no, that's confirmed because it was with Martha Quinn. <laughs> and she told me herself. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let's take a break, and uh, I'll tell you who I was on the plane with and what happened. The Jay Leno. We'll be back right after these words. You're listening to the Howard Stern Show. All right. Oh, now we have so much to read. Now we have so much to read. Let me see. Oh, this is two different ones. This is two different articles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Look at this. In the newspaper, they've got a great shot of me spanking um, that girl Janine's ass. With Jay smiling. Oh, it's so sexy. Look at the sexy picture. Look at that. <laughs> Tell me those girls weren't hot. It looked good. Weren't they hot? What was great is that shot, and never get to see it, was when she was propped up on Jay's desk. <laughs> oh, that was the blonde. That was awesome. Nikki Tyler. Nikki Tyler. <laughs> yeah. It was gorgeous. Uh, let's see. Jay Leno's stern reaction, Jay's not amused. Jay Leno was furious and disappointed with Howard Stern yesterday following the shock jocks antics on The Tonight Show. I don't know why. I, I still don't know why, and I still claim that they'll show that show a billion times. But I want to go on Conan's show and show them. I want to play, in essence, what I did on there. I want the tape. Yeah, but The Tonight Show is never going to release the tape Why? to uh, Conan. Why? That, you know what? I guarantee you Conan will have the biggest audience. He will have David Letterman's audience. He will have Jay Leno's audience. He will have the biggest audience of his career. That's exactly why they won't do it. Right. Because anything that's good. So put me on Conan. Conan's been after me for years to come on that dumb show. Mm -hmm. I'll go on. I'll recreate what I did. That's what you'll have to do. Yeah, it's 1230 at night. I'll bring the two girls on again, and I'll recreate it. See how Conan handled it. Yeah. And I'll just say, this is what I did. It's not that bad. Jay overreacted, and Jay acted like a sap. He really did. He looked old, Howard. Yeah, I know. Well, all of them look like old grandmas sitting on the couch. Um, Siskel and Ebert look like old grandmas. Two guys who had to talk about casino. They couldn't react. Yeah, like they were really talking about something important. I can understand yeah. it if they were talking about Bosnia. Yeah. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. But their views of a movie. Why not come out and have some fun? I'll never get over this. I mean, I'll be analyzing this for the rest of my life. 
Why didn't those guys just come out and get into it? Why didn't they say to Jay, Jay, are you losing your mind? Something's going on on your show and you want to try to talk about a movie? Yeah, I mean, they just all, and I don't I was listening. It was like the funniest thing. The crowd was going nuts. I, I just, I got to, you know what? I, I guess I do have to watch what happened. I haven't watched my appearance on it. <laughs> My wife said my outfit looked horrible. Yeah, I, what did I say? I, you know, we you walked out and I took the jacket and I said, look at that outfit. Really? You didn't like it? <laughs> and my wife said I looked horrible on TV. But she said I looked good. My, my hair looked good and my face looked good. It was my outfit. Yeah, did. I don't know what that was. Yeah. So I have to look and see what was going on. Ralph picked out that ensemble. Oh, who would have guessed? <laughs> who would have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> My God, look at him. <laughs> I just figured no one would be looking at me anyway with two bikini Thank girls. Goodness, you had those girls on either side of you. Maybe nobody noticed what you wear. I know better. <laughs> I was like, why can't we wear overalls? I, I know. I mean, it was just, it, it was a mess. Was yeah. Eh, who cares? <laughs> Unlike Jay, I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. It, it was just so weird. But everyone tells me it was the funniest thing. They couldn't take their eyes off it. And um, I agree. And it was a lot funnier what they saw for real. You what know the, what? I I think the problem is Jay doesn't understand his participation in the bit. No. He thought you had left him out. <laughs> I know. He was the star. He was. He was running around like a chicken with his head off. And he goes, I don't I don't get it. I don't think it's funny. They were all the stars. They were right. in the bit. They don't know it. They think they were left out. And what you were doing, they were just observing you. They didn't realize there was a whole set piece and they had a part in it. Yeah, Margaret Dumont said, I have no idea why Groucho is funny. <laughs> I don't get it. What's so funny? Yeah. That's what he kept saying. It's not funny. He kept saying to me, it's not, and, and then when he had Gary, Gary apologized to me over the weekend. He says, I don't know, when Jay got on the phone, I guess I spaced out and I got intimidated. But, I mean, Leno grabbed Gary downstairs for 15 minutes and ripped him a new one. See, now, I couldn't tell what happened when we, before we got Jay on the phone, Gary was yelled at him. And then when Jay got on the phone, just talked to me. No, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. What happened was Jay whined to me. But he was cursing while he was whining. So he wasn't oh. yelling, but he was cursing a lot. He was whining about how, how can Howard do this to me? This is my house. He comes and asks in my house. And then at one point... He did say he, he comes and asks right. in my house. He, he denied saying He grabbed his crotch. And you know the word for female genitals? He said, that's all the show was. Blank, blank, blank. And he started thrusting his whole body. Thrusting his crotch into Gary. <laughs> but see, the most bizarre thing about, about the whole thing and was... screaming the word for female genitals, the dirty word. <laughs> But the funniest part of the whole what thing was... that on front? Yeah, but I don't, he spaced out. His assistant kept trying to push us into a room that started in the hallway, and everybody was looking. Yeah. You know, his whole staff. And you could tell that uh, Jay was visibly upset. Uh-huh. So she pushes us into this room, which I thought was private, and it turns out it's the room that every single person on that show has to walk through to get to their office. <laughs> so Jay's in there whining and upset and yelling the F word and the P word, and every single person that works on that show is walking right past us. Oh. So it was sort of embarrassing. Yeah. Guess it's common. <laughs> that is the Larry Sanders show. Yeah. yeah. It was, for that moment, it was. It really was. It was. <laughs> but, and what, where do you see a guy like Leno? A guy who's the head of the Tonight Show. You think Johnny Carson used to go yes and get him in the hall? Uh-huh. Leno is involved in editing. He's involved in yelling at the guests afterwards, yelling at the guest producer afterwards. He's the Jimmy Carter of talk show. Yeah, he's just, he's just stressed <laughs> out, it man. All, see, the, whole, the reason why he got a hold of me, the way it all started, was he said to me, do you, his assistant said, Jay wants to see you. And he said, do you still want me to call in tomorrow? And I said, yeah, I really would like you to call in. And he goes, 
my heart's not really in it. I feel very, you know, I feel very betrayed and very upset. And then yeah. it just snowballed into this whole thing. Yeah. He, yeah. And that was the whole big thing. Whether, and then his, his people told him he should call our show to downplay that he's upset. Right. Because I think Jay's still in the back of his mind wants me as a guest. And not only that, he yeah. wants to save face. Yeah. He realized that he came off very in a very uncool manner. He did. And so, yes, that the, the following day, he wanted to say, what's my big deal? I didn't, I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I was just disappointed in you. Well, you know what Tachiasano told me? He what? said, however Jay edited that show, he edited it so that he looked good. Yeah. So that it looked like he had full control of the show. Right. Show the show the way it happened. Yeah, pull the camera back during the kiss. Pull the camera back during the spanking like you did. But show what happened. Show Jay walking off. Mm-hmm. And throwing his hands up. Show Jay in the band. <laughs> yeah. Because Jay's not on the set. I mean, you know, and they edited the show together so Jay wouldn't feel bad about himself. Yeah. How he realized that his reactions were all bad. Yeah. And so he cut them out. Yeah. I was telling my family about this over dinner, and my 13-year-old niece goes, gee, that sounds so good. If they want ratings, why didn't they just put a camera on that? I, was, I said, how do you know that? And he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> so let's see. During the taping, Lenny, Leno was so angry with Stern's shenanigans, which included having two bikini-clad women kiss, that he got up from his desk and he appeared ready to throw in the towel, sorts it said. Stern on, but of course nobody saw that. Stern on the show to promote his new book, Miss America, strolled on stage accompanied by two beauties, vowing to show Leno how to generate ratings. Stern proceeded to have the women kiss. He also imitated playing bongos on one's buttocks. <laughs> show producers said to be surprised by the onstage debauchery, quickly shifted camera angles to limit what was seen by viewers and later edited the program. Bull. Debauchery. Bull. Why is that debauchery? Nobody having was having sex. After his segment was over, Stern and his sidekicks interrupted Leno as he tried to interview movie critics Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. In a call to Stern's radio program yesterday, Leno told the jock that he was disappointed and that he didn't find the bit funny. <laughs> we should have run a repeat, Leno said, so why didn't you? An NBC spokeswoman reading a prepared statement said that while Stern is always outrageous, he once he had always stayed within acceptable boundaries in past appearances on the program. And I still did. Yes. Thursday night, NBC and the show felt he had crossed that boundary. NBC did not feel that way. Leno felt that way. I spoke to the guy in the director's booth. If anyone was offended by the edited telecast, we apologize. Yeah, a lot of people are offended by the edited telecast, including me. Because, you know what, and Jay said to me, you're going to be mad at me because this stuff gets edited and you're going to blame me. That's what he kept saying to me during the commercials. Uh -huh. I go, Jay, I'm not going to blame you if you don't do the editing. Show it to the NBC brass. They got a guy who can go look at it. Jay's full of crap. What? You want to talk to the guy that you yeah. got the book signing, said he was in the director's book? Yeah. All right, well, let's hear what he has to say. Hey, dude, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so you were in... How the... did you get into the director's book? I don't think he wants to say, oh. uh, right? I just have friends that work on the show. Yeah, okay. yeah, It's uh, but he explained the whole thing to me. He was there. Yeah. Tell me what. Tell me everything that happened. Was it during the show that Jay called up to the book? Yeah, it was before it was even over. Really? Um, he called up. It was right after you had the lesbians come out and kiss. Right. Um, After the first segment that I was on. Exactly. The, producers, right. the producers and directors loved it. Right. They were all laughing. They, they, were, la they were cracking up. They asked, um, they were sitting there, they go, oh, God, I wonder what Sanders is going to think. Right. The first problem that they had was when the one girl licked the other girl's breath. She didn't lick her breast. Exactly. She, she licked her it neck. Looked like, it looked like she did, and then they rewound the tape, and they said, you know what, her tongue didn't even touch. Right. 
So they go, okay, that, that's not a problem. And they go, well, the spanking is going to be a problem. Right. So they were going to try to do something with the spanking, but they were going to leave everything else in. Right. So they're rewinding the tape. Which, by the way, I don't have a problem with. What I have a problem with is they edited Jay walking off the show and the whole excitement. They didn't put the camera on the couch. Yeah, you don't get the real reaction. Yeah. You don't get to see what really happened. And the uh, audience was going wild because the girls were sitting on my lap and they were fooling around, but they weren't kissing or doing anything. They were just sitting on my lap. Exactly. Well, they and stroking my they, hair. They weren't doing a damn thing. You saw what they did. They they had that superimposed of the cameraman come in. And one of the girls licked my toe. Is that bad? Yeah, no. I mean, it wasn't like somebody was giving you a lap dance Nothing. or anything like the, that. I, I resent that debauchery statement in that article. I know, and I, I want them to air the show the way it aired, the way it ran. Well, it looked good. We're sitting in there. Everybody loved it, and then the phone rang, and it was Jay. Good. And he goes, I don't want any of this on there. Just like that. And they said, well, what do you want us to do? He goes, Jay usually does not come down to the editing bay. He goes, I'll be down to editing tonight. And, and Jay edited so he'd look good. So, exactly. Well, let me ask you something. Was Jay on a speakerphone? No, it was just a uh, a regular phone. But I was sitting right there and I could hear what they were saying. He's like, okay, Jay, I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of it. I won't, it won't be on there. And I said, what happened? He goes, Jay doesn't want any of this. And he goes, Howard will not be back on the Tonight Show. I said, oh. Want to bet? Uh -huh. oh, I know you, you know what? Be. If I'm not back on the Tonight Show, it's by my own doing. And I might just do Letterman from now on. I think you should. Every time you do one of these shows, you're only doing yeah, the other. I might just do Letterman from now on. <laughs> I got a question for you. Why I was down... And you know what was funny? What's up? In the dresser, Jay was in my dressing room, right? Right. Kissing my ass before the appearance. And then I said to him, you know, I give him an ass kiss back. And it wasn't just an ass kiss. I really mean it. I've said this to Robin off the air. I enjoyed doing the Leno show more than Letterman because Jay has always given me leeway to do whatever I wanted. Now what happened is as soon as Jay wins a couple of weeks in a row in the ratings, he's completely changed. I'm telling you he's completely changed. And this will be his downfall. Letterman will beat him again. Now he's going to play so good. safe, huh? Yes, he's going to play safe. And you know what's going to happen to Letterman? Letterman's going to start loosening up. Because when you're down, you start to do your best work. Yeah. You took total control of the show. And he made the show look really, really good. And he turned around and made it look bad. And then he made you look bad at the end. Yeah. Because when He made you, it look like I didn't do anything. Because you, when you walked off the stage... Yeah. You walked up the stage and you were you were pissed, so you didn't shake his hand, so you just walked off. Right. And they showed that, which made you look bad. Right. They're trying to make you look bad, basically. So I thought it was pretty. Yeah, and they didn't show Jay walking off. They made it so yeah, it was like I walked Jay off. Right. Well, what, I sat there like a gentleman. Jay walked off. I sat there with Siskel and Ebert. We didn't move, right? We just sat there talking about what just had happened. Me, Siskel and Ebert. This is in the commercial. Jay has walked off at this point. Yeah. Jay sees we're still out there, and he goes, oh, my God. Exactly. I walked off my own show. I better get back out there. He gets back out there like a gentleman, I say, because now when he walked off, they were short. They were short on yeah. time. I said, I'll sit here for another segment, and I'll just sit here with my hands folded. I'm not going to do anything. You want to finish taping your show? I'm not that kind of guy. So what did they do? They went a little long with that, and they cut out everything that Jay walked off and left me walking off. Right, they, they, Jay's they, a pussy. Jay originally threw up his hands and said, okay, I'm done, good night. Yeah. yeah. And the show wasn't even, they said, no, 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 no. get back that, down. That and why can't you show, the air, no, that did, no, that's what I'm telling you. They edited all that out, exactly. and they edited out uh, Jay walking off, they edited out what was going on in the couch, and I'm telling you, I know network standard, they could have run everything that went on that couch. The only thing they had a problem with was the licking of the breast, and when they rewound it, they saw that she wasn't licking. I rehearsed that with them 57 times, these girls. I mean, I really did work this out. I told them that no 
kissing it with the tongue. Let's pick out bathing suits that don't show your areolas, don't show your buttocks, you know, the crack in your butt. Yeah, I, made, I made sure that the bathing suits were like sort of network acceptable, even though Entertainment Tonight shows thongs and ass <laughs> all over the place. The directors were laughing because they were sitting there going, oh, those aren't even real lesbians because they aren't even tonguing each other. Right. So oh. you were, you're right. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I made sure not to have that so that I made sure that it would air. And the point is, Jay panicked, and notice what Jay Chuck cut out of the show. They didn't even cut out the butt bongo stuff. They, I mean, it's there, but it's from far away. It's shot on Guam. And it even looked even worse when they superimposed the cameraman. Right, and but fine. Cute. They left that all in. What did they cut out? They cut out my antics on the couch, which, by the way, I'm telling you are network acceptable. And they cut out Jay losing control and walking off the show. So you tell me what Jay was upset about. Jay was upset about him looking bad. Oh, exactly. And That's he, all. He made himself look even worse, is what he did. Yeah. I thought, I thought the show was great. I mean, my, my parents watched it up in Washington, and they said it looked awful. And I told them what really happened, and they couldn't believe it, because my yeah. dad used to work on the show, and he goes, That's, it's just wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was wrong. Well, I mean, like, here, I'll give you the, uh, we'll take some phone calls on this and everything. But. Down in line in the book signing. I have two questions about it. One, everybody was saying, F Jackie. What is Jackie? Everybody hates Jackie down there. What did he do? No, 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 no. That's like sort of calling. That's a line from my book. The part on Jackie, I say, F Jackie. F and Jackie never gave me, you know, never said a nice word about me. All I can tell you is not one person online says Baba Booey anymore. No, they all say. They all they have is F Jackie t shirts, <laughs> Jackie puppet t shirts with F Jackie on it, Aww. and everyone just walks up and goes, F Jackie. You've replaced yeah, Baba Booey. Had, I don't know if And what's funny about that is, I mean, out of all the things I wrote in the book, I never thought that that would be the <laughs> phrase that everyone would be attracted to, but it's F Jackie. Do you know that they had. Um, it's the only thing people say to me when I'm online. They had copies of the Fart Man uh, script for sale. In line? Yeah, I know some guys got a hold of that. Yeah, they were selling everything there. You should dangler, seen the, they had fake danglers. You should have seen the business fake going on out there. Dangler. It looked like a Grateful Dead concert. They're making so much money off your name. And the big question in line that everybody was talking about is, is Billy coming back? Yeah, I know. That was the big one, too. And then I said, well, I don't know. I don't speak for Billy. Let him do whatever he wants. Uh, Billy was on my plane. Oh, was he really? Oh, that's funny. I heard he was in my hotel. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I didn't see anybody. And everybody, everybody in LA wants to thank you for sticking around. Yeah, I know. Everyone was really pleased with me for. Uh, I didn't even. I didn't even get into. Uh, we got there about eleven, and we hey, you guys were waiting online for seventeen hours. Let me tell you something, man. I wasn't going to leave. Well, we all thank you very much. Yeah, you're we're welcome. All, we're all scared. We're getting close, and it got to seven. And we're like, oh, is he going to leave? And everybody's like, no, Howard will stay. No, I, I, I definitely stayed. It was just that my hand was falling off. Exactly. I, we all appreciate it. I was hey, listen to this. This I, I grabbed this off the internet. I just finished watching Howard on the Leno program. Boy, did the big chinned, graying old man really ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> the way Leno treated Howard reminded me of Letterman's prudishness and unwillingness to let Howard do his thing. I had become a really big fan of Jay in the last year because I thought he had something to offer that Dave had not given his viewers in a while, but Jay really ruined it for most of us and Howard tonight. So. Howard comes out, the crowd is going wild, and he has two amazing bikini-clad babes with him, and he promises Jay the biggest ratings ever. The girls are told to kiss each other on the lips. The ballless director and the wimp Leno opt to block out the kiss with strange camera angles. Come on, this is 1995. If we can see heterosexuals kissing on every TV show, soap operas with dry humping and Melissa Etheridge on VH1 practically licking Sophie B. Hawkins on stage last weekend on a show called Duets, then what is Jay's problem? Yeah, oh. Then Howard tries to spank one girl. Same thing. We get screwed by camera angles and Jay protesting. It'll get edited. 
<laughs> well, you big-headed idiot. Of course it'll get edited, edited if the star and executive producer of the show say that. And the executive producer, by the way, wasn't even saying that. Or whatever the guy is, that producer guy. He said, this is all good. Oh, they all loved it. They all loved it. And even we were sitting in the booth. And then, listen to this. And then, the, oh, go ahead, yeah, you were sitting in the booth. My, my girlfriend Rachel was sitting there, and she turns around, she goes, right before you said it, she goes, and Jenny Jones reruns are getting more... Yeah. You are getting better ratings than Jay Leno. Right before you said that, then you said it, everybody in the booth started laughing again. Yeah. And then they said, yeah, we're going to get good ratings tonight. Would you, got, would you get a, a nine? Yeah, a 21 share or something. That was a 21 Leno's share. Leno's never seen that. And then the whole sham of an interview with Siskel and Ebert and the director not once acknowledging the hoots and howls of the audience by showing what Howard was up to with the girls. Ah, I'm so angry with Leno. I may have to watch Nightline from now on. <laughs> God forbid I learn about Bosnia or something. <laughs> we were sitting there, and every, everybody, I'm telling you, everybody in the whole studio loved it. The only thing edited out of that show that should be in there is what went on on the couch during Siskel and Ebert and Jay's reaction to the whole thing by getting up and walking out. If he showed that, I wouldn't have a problem. Now I have a problem with that. Siskel and Ebert were into it. They liked no, it. No, they did not like it. They didn't? No. Well, Gene was sitting there when he was sitting there talking to you. You know what he was saying to me? Building her back. He goes, oh, she has a nice back. Yeah, nice back. You know what he was saying to me? After Once he went into commercial, you weren't funny this time. You sabotaged us. Yeah, of course I wasn't funny because I was funny to everyone except for you three. Because you guys looked like idiots. Because you couldn't Jay, acknowledge what was going on. What was Jay say, saying during the commercial? Because they had to isolate the camera on you and it stays on during the commercial. He was trying to get, yeah. And it looks like one of them looks like you leaned over and you started talking to him and everything was cool. And the next one looked like you guys were bitching at each other. No, everything was cool with me. And then I look over and he's giving me the death warmed over face. Which, by the way, remember the first time I went on The Tonight Show, Robin? That's the same face Jay gave me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was pissed and angry the first time I went on The Tonight Show. And was all upset. I don't even remember why. I can't remember what you did then. When you brought up Johnny, I thought. Yeah, when I brought up Johnny. And he was uh -huh. he had turned ashen during the commercials, was all upset, was running over to Helen Kushnick and screaming that it was bad. I mean, the same crap all over again. Letterman. The guy is so afraid. And you know what Jay wants? Jay wants me to sit down and conduct an interview. It's what he wants me to do. Exactly. But this is what I want to do. How can you have Howard Stern on The Tonight Show and talk about casino? Well... The point is, you should have seen Siskel and Eber beforehand. Howard, we want you to watch Casino. They we're trying to get word to me to watch it so I could be involved in the discussion of Casino. <laughs> now, the point is, I'm How not... How are you going to see Casino? Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to see it. <laughs> could you please be familiar with Casino because we're going to discuss it. Help like, us with our appearance. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? They uh, weren't you know, too willing to help you with yours. Siskel and Eber do that on TV every week. We've seen them do that. Jay had something, a different dynamic going on. There was a party atmosphere going on. And Jay was just a, a bad host party. Howard, Siskel went along with that cold opening with all the girls. Oh, yeah, because you don't, you don't you should have been there beforehand. Backstage, they were rehearsing that 25 times. <laughs> Can you imagine that little lame bit they rehearsed 25 times? I was going insane. They were just going over and over and over the same bit. They wouldn't let Stuttering John or, or Ganji or, or Ratso, any of those people down the hall. It was so funny. They kept yelling for Gary, and Gary was ignoring them the whole time. I don't know, but it was just the whole thing was just weird. But anyway, here is a guy who sat in the director's booth. The guy who edited that show was Jay Leno. And Jay can sit there and tell you all kinds of bull that it was NBC. It wasn't anything to do with NBC. 
That's nothing. The, everybody at NBC loved it. it was... And Leno walking off the show should have been shown, and it wasn't because Jay sat in the editing room and edited it. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. That's all he was concerned about. Oh, oh, I look really ridiculous right. here. I look like, he goes, how come I'm always the fool? Yeah. That's what he kept saying to Gary. Yeah. How come I'm always the fool? So he made himself not the fool by uh, editing himself out. But who made him the fool in the first place? He made himself the fool. Of course. You didn't direct his, in you his seen, reaction. What a baby. I mean, you should see him. And so during the commercials, the whole time, he's, he's giving me, this is going to be edited out. You screwed me. And I'm going to, um, and he goes, uh, he goes, you got to go back out there. And uh, we're going to start the show over again. And I go, Jay, I'm not you know, starting any show over thing, again. The sad thing. My mistake was sitting that, there for that last segment. But the sad thing is, Jay Leno never thought of a, an appropriate reaction to situation right. that might have worked. Right. He only thought about ending the show. Right. Well, when he called the director's booth, they started arguing because he wanted to tape it over. Yeah. He's, he's like, no, we're going to tape it over. We'll just send something to New York on delay and we'll, we'll tape it over. And they said, no, we won't tape it over. We'll work around it somehow. Right. Because they knew it was good. There was no problem with it. And then the stuff that happened at the end where Jay, you know, Jay couldn't do his casino interview with Siskel and Ebert. Instead of just playing with the situation, he panicked and ended the show and walked off like a baby and didn't show it. Because the, the booth was even telling him that everything I had done so far was fine. He started whining. Yeah. But, but do you follow what I'm saying? The booth was telling him everything was fine. Exactly. I was telling him everything was fine, but he would not listen. They were even... They had one part before you even came on where they did a joke about rabbit ears and antennas and they showed some people in the audience and it wasn't funny. Well, nothing was funny. In fact, most people I spoke to fell asleep before I got on because the show sucked up until then with those same... You know, every night that show's got to be the same and this is what we'll do in all these shows. Guy comes out and does his monologue. Then he does ten minutes of the world's worst bits. Did you laugh at any of those bits? No. Um, the Michael Jackson one I laughed at. The spinner, that's the only one I... I don't even know what that was. That they, had, they were doing the Michael Jackson Twister game. Yeah, that one was funny. I don't know, but what's the point? It was it was all boring. But what they did was do something different for one night. Not only are they boring, out. they're long. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, do a quick one. Do a Michael Jackson and get man. off. Yeah. But before he goes on out. and on and on. Oh, it's just insufferable when he does Iron J and <laughs> I mean that's insufferable. They rewound the tape before you came out for that one part, and they said, okay. We're going to take that part out. And they called back to the booth and they said, look, you have an extra minute and two seconds. You know, we're going to edit this out later. Give Howard an extra minute and two seconds. Right. And what Jackie. they did was they left you out. Right. And they left that boring piece in. Right. Right. So they were going to take it out originally. That whole boring piece that they left in. Yeah. To take extra of you out instead of adding to you. What did Jackie say? Jackie said to me, maybe they leave these things long because they edit them. And I was like, <laughs> no. I don't think so. They don't. I think they're in love with everything they write. Yeah, they are. And it's just <laughs> frightening. It's just such bad. So in other words, from 11.30 till 10 or 5 of midnight, you're getting bad... You're getting a you're half getting hour of Jay Leno. and what people I are saying. I, I saw some routine with Barbie dolls. I didn't even know what he was doing. Yeah, and then he's got the, the unacceptable toys yeah. and the oh. monologue. The unacceptable toys would have been okay if it was maybe two toys. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like ten. So yeah, then I come out boring. and I rip, I rip the whole show apart. And what does he do? He edits out everything. And not, he doesn't edit out the kissing. He, didn't, he wasn't opposed to the kissing. He didn't have to edit out the bongo. He edited out himself and his bad reaction. But that's exactly what bothered him right from the very beginning. The reason he was screaming, why do I always have to be the fool? Right. Is because he doesn't know how to react. And then he said to me, even in the second segment, when I was sitting there talking about books, 
he said to me, I didn't get to say anything. I didn't get to ask you any questions. And I go, Jay, where were you? So ask me a question. I, and I said to him when he was talking to us on the air, listen to the question you brought up. Right. So what's this about you running for president? Yeah, I mean, it was so stupid. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Not only that, say. it's a stupid question. Yeah. Who you know, cares? if you really have a question, ask a question. <laughs> but you're sitting there, you're like, I'm going to ask you running for president. Yeah, I mean, like it was just... Like Paulson. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm some kind of stand-up comic who's going to sit there and have a routine on running for president. <laughs> and his head exploded when you took the Bible out. That was great. Too. Yeah, I know. And I didn't say anything disparaging about the Bible. No, and Jay I was saying, that, yeah, the big deal was that Jay had to kill the Bible because he was afraid you were going to throw it on the yeah, floor. Yeah, what would happen? We'd all go to hell? <laughs> I mean, I tell you, it's just incredible what was going on there. Jay has become a grandpa. Yeah. And the show is dull. And he finally had some excitement. He mishandled all the excitement. And now he's upset with himself. Yeah. But i got to tell you something. If they ever have the balls... To give me that tape and show it, show Jay walking off the show and show what happened on the couch. You'd see, you'd have, you'd be laughing your ass off. They they talked him into leaving in the part where they booed Kathy Lee. You mean you want to edit that out? Uh huh. Wow. Oh. They wanted to edit all that out and they talked him into leaving that part in. You, you see, he's nuts. The guy's nuts. I'm telling you, he's insane. They should lock him up in a mental institution. I, I, I've never seen a guy. He became uh, Billy Graham. He got a show. He has no business having a TV show. Uh, I think you should take his place, actually. Well, I just might. If you have time. Well, maybe when I get done with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just that, that pissed that I have to go on and kick his ass. You should. Or at least go on Letterman. Letterman films in New York, tapes in New York. You're right there. Yeah. I'd go and just kick his ass. Go in there a couple times. Well, I'm doing Letterman, supposedly, on uh, December... December, December, I don't know. December, I don't know. <laughs> December, like, 20th or 21st or something yeah. like that. Good. We'll be watching for you. Well, we're on vacation, actually. You know, I was telling my wife, it's like, going on these shows is like going to the electric chair. It's like a guy sitting and waiting. Because you, you have to wait. Like, you, you know you're going on. And, like, for two weeks before, I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to do on and I was going to do all that material on Saturday Night Live because I had the opportunity to do it. And I said, you know, this will go better on the Tonight Show. It'll be more fun doing it there. <laughs> little did, little did I know. And you look, you look like you did not want to be there when you first walked in the back door. We were down sitting on the on the floor, and you looked, you looked real tired. When you were like, I did not want to be. You look great at the book signing. Yeah, thanks. But you had a lot of energy at the end of the day when we got there at seven thirty. You look great. You yeah, well, happy. I would rather sit and talk to people, listen to my radio show, than a guy who's freaking out. You know, and quite frankly, because these shows are so uptight, I had to hide the two girls in a bathroom. The reason I was just so burnt, it was because I had to sit there and do all this subterfuge. Well, I told the assistant director, I said, you know, Howard's going to do something to boost your rating. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we already know, we already know. He, uh, he dyed his hair blue. <laughs> and I said, uh, he goes, but he already talked about that on the radio, so I don't know why, why the hell he talked about that on the radio, and he's going to walk out here with blue hair. It's not going to be exciting. <laughs> That's what they thought you were going to do. A nitwit. With blue hair. Like, what, someone's going to tune in to see blue hair. <laughs> and then they, they were going to ask if they could only put part of the kissing on a promo spot to get people to watch, like at the commercial beforehand. Yeah. And they wouldn't even put it on there. Actually, what they did in L.A. was they put an old the tape of you before <laughs> on the promo spot. It is. They didn't even, they put, they put the, they put the night you were on there this last time on the promo spot in L.A., they put, the original um, Cisco and Ebert on there from from the night. This guy was in. Yeah. Oh, I'm not no, sure what he said. You did good. Hey, all right, all right. You did good. You did good. 
All right. Thank All right, man. Much. Hey, thanks for doing it. <laughs> hey, no problem. All right. Have fun. Take Bye. care. Bye. He was good. He was good, but he just kind of fizzled with the end. Very difficult. Yeah. I had the same. You had the same puzzled look I did. I was like, "Am I not following this?" <laughs> but that guy was in the director's booth. That's funny. Yeah. And you saw the whole thing go on. I'll take some phone calls when we get back, and I want to listen to Leno's monologue and all that other crap. You know, Leno should look at that and learn how to do his show. Yeah. That should be his training tape. That is his training tape because he totally blew it. And he, you know what? You know, I got to tell you one quick thing. When we used to do the Channel Nine show. There were many times I was in the edit room, and I would sit there, and I would look at the edit, you know, I would look at the whole show. Yeah. And there were things that I would look at that I'd rather not see myself doing on TV, where I didn't look attractive, mm -hmm. or I looked odd or peculiar, or for whatever reason. And I'd sit there and go, okay, is it my ego here? Am I saying let's edit this out because I'm, my nose doesn't look right or I didn't handle myself great or maybe I look kind of douchey? And if I'm editing it out because of that, then I'm no longer a good performer mm -hmm. because I shouldn't be in on the edit then. I, I can't be in on the edit because you got to go for what's funny. you got to always make your choices about the entertainment value. Right. Not your ego and whether it looks good. That's why all those Hollywood stars start out being good when they don't have the clout to say change that camera angle right. and then they lose it and what it, it's like Sylvester Stallone now when he was in Rocky he didn't worry about right. his nose job yeah. he didn't worry about anything he worried about making a good movie and this is even my point about the movie I'm about to make I'm not going to sit there and worry about you know gee do I look handsome here do I look dashing because I, I don't look dashing <laughs> you know I'm just not it's the Eddie Murphy syndrome right. that's what it is now go out and try and do your best making a movie make your, make your fans happy Jay Leno made a classic blunder. What was very interesting about The Tonight Show, and I, I know everyone who saw it said it was great and everything, but what was even greater... Yeah, you because didn't see the real show. You didn't see the real show, I'm telling you. Robin saw it. It was hysterical. And what was so funny about it was, not me, but Jay. Yeah, and Roger and, and uh, Gene. By Jay going into the edit room and sitting there and going, yeah, you know, notice what he cut out. He didn't cut out the lesbian kiss. He didn't cut out the butt bongo. He cut out himself mm -hmm. looking like a doof yeah like a doofus because his ego was involved and i suggest to you that let me go on conan and show uh, the that portion it has nothing to do with sex let me show you what jay cut out okay uh they won't let me do that will they no no let me get, I'll give Conan O'Brien the biggest rating he's ever had in his miserable career, if you want to call he it a career. He had that tape destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> because he can't stand the idea of himself looking like that. You know, during the commercials, I talked to... Uh, I don't know, somehow I brought up Greg Kinnear's name. Yeah. I said to Jay, Jesus Christ, that guy's horrible. He goes, nah, he's doing real good. He's doing great. He's a great, funny guy. You see, he's going to be in a Harrison Ford movie. He's got, I said, I don't care what he's in. I said, that's the biggest no-talent nothing on the planet, Jay. No, he's real good. I go, just shut up. I just can't stand talking to Jay. He's real good. It's such a suck-ass. Such a Pollyanna. Well, you know, it's funny because it just before the show even started, we were standing in the hall and Jay comes out and says hello to everybody. And Fred looked at me and said... There's no real Jay. No. <laughs> Jay's acting even when he comes out off the set, outside of the show, and says hello. And there's nothing more bizarre 
then, you know, when Robin told me all about this, I didn't see it. <laughs> then watching a guy convince a whole audience to give Jay a standing ovation. Yeah. That was sad. They have to they bribe the audience with, with contests and stuff. Toys. Toys. With what? Frisbees. Frisbees. <laughs> I'd rather have a Jackie mug. Frisbees and cookies. Yeah, right. <laughs> if they'll stand up for Jay. And the worst line of all was it would have been funny if they had been not serious about it. Yeah. But then they said, come on, you know, we're going to rehearse this. And we want you to do it. And it really doesn't look good if everybody doesn't do it. Ooh. Wow. Why isn't Jay embarrassed about that? I thought you ought to show that. Why don't they tape that tonight? The guy convincing the audience to do a standing ovation. You know, it's so funny. I was in the green room. Yeah. When the guy who does that was finished. You know, yeah. I was in the green room. And he's got this empty bag. Yeah. And he sits down in this chair like he just spent 10 hours digging a ditch. Like he was so exhausted and his gratifying work was done. Yeah. It was really Imagine funny. his job is convincing an audience to stand up for Jay Leno. Right. Every night. Yeah. Every he night. He was like this. He was like, ah, you know, job well done. Yeah. Yeah, like that deep sigh, like he did something really tough. <laughs> How will Jay ever know if he really gets a stand up? I think he just robbed himself of ever having one. That's why you got to be careful of the Hollywood trap. They start giving you standing ovations, you start to believe that you're really doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there's some guy out front, but Jay, Jay's aware of everything that goes Jay on. Jay's absolutely aware that that's happening. Nobody's yeah. whispering that. So the same Jay who needs a standing ovation is the same Jay who ran into the edit room because he looked like a fool exactly. and cut out everything that happened to him during now, the show. Now you're reminding me of the other part. They even say, and Jay is going to stand down here and let rehearse shaking his hand because we're going. he's going to come down here and shake a few hands. So come on, you grab his hand, you know, and he said to be Jay. And the whole handshake thing, like people are so happy to see him, they want to touch him. So if you have a show where they're rehearsing now handshaking, yeah. and I come out, <laughs> and I throw Jay a complete curveball, and mm -hmm. I was in no way interested in telling Jay I was going to bring two girls with me and have them kiss. That's why I didn't tell him. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see his reaction. I wanted to see what he'd do. He was my rat in a box. Yeah. <laughs> and it was an experiment. And let me tell you something. You guys ought to see the real tape. <laughs> if you thought that show was good, and I know I've heard from enough of you to say you thought it was my best appearance, take a look at what really happened, and you will say it was uh, brilliant. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, NBC won't air it. Uh, excuse me, NBC would air it. Jay won't air it. Yeah. Jay won't air it, because he's a job. Riot. He's a pussy. And if uh, Leno in the paper says he's not amused, I am not amused. <laughs> I am not amused either by Jay. You're disappointed. Because Jay showed everything except his own reaction. So you tell me who's, who uh, who can't take a joke. They cut out plenty, and uh, you should see what they cut out. And I don't think this has anything to do with network standards. No, what is uh, Jay walking on the set is not against the no. standards. No, that has nothing to do Jay with it. Jay ending the show early is not against the standards. Right. My biggest mistake was sitting there for that extra segment, but I felt, in all fairness, hey, they had one more segment to do. I didn't know they were going to sit and edit out the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. I didn't know. But even that, if any way had been explained, you know, I had to talk to Howard during the break. He said he promises me now he's going to be a boy. You yeah. Know, anything. He wouldn't all acknowledge of a sudden, it. Everything had changed and nobody talked about what. Here's the bottom line, and anyone listening to this broadcast ought to keep this in Jay is in way over his head. He is not a broadcaster. He is a stand-up nightclub comic. And the difference between the two, the broadcaster goes, oh, my God, i got to go my 
Somebody doing what something. What do I do with this? What do I do with this? How do I make this happen? Yeah. A, co- a nightclub comic who is well rehearsed, and I'm not knocking nightclub comics because that's a real hard job, but they are people who rehearse the same lines over and over and over. But you want to ask Jackie about it. Jackie says some nights you got to go on autopilot. You know, it's like. It's, but how, it's, does he, how does Jay, does Jay deal with hecklers? Uh, um, I don't think Jay has that kind of act. Uh, you know, uh, who and if he has hecklers, he probably has just ten lines that he uses yeah. on hecklers. All right, those are rehearsed. Yeah, those right. are all rehearsed. So it's like, like Jackie tells me about stand-up comedy. Like he's on autopilot when he does it. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of performance. When you go into a broadcast arena, it's different. You gotta react. You gotta make things happen. And here I was making things happen, and Jay couldn't react. That is what I was trying to tell Siskel and Ebert. Right. That's what I was trying to tell Jay. You have to react to the situation. Right. Sit there and act like nothing's happening when something, when all hell is broken. It was unbelievable because I'm sitting at the end of the couch while these two girls are with me and she's sucking my toes and everything. And I'm hearing this discussion of casino with the crowd and, and howling. The crowd is hooting. And so they're trying to out-talk the crowd. Yeah. No. Listen to that. They're giving you some direction. They're saying, you know, we're really interested in what's going on at the other end of the couch. You guys have got to see the tape. It really happened. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Am I right? You were there in the audience, Jack. Absolutely. Fred. Absolutely. Robin they, was they, screaming. They cut all the guts. She said, we got to know what they're saying. What are they saying? <laughs> Not only that, I was just out of my mind every time they would start the show up again, and they would do the exact same thing. They'd go back into pretend television, yeah. pretend yeah. we're doing a talk show. I know. I know. So sad. I know. So compelling from our point of view. It was unbelievable. It was a yeah. ring circus. They ought to run the whole... Listen to what I'm suggesting. They should not only rerun the show, but cut out Jay's stupid monologue and stupid bits. Yeah. And, and run, run it long and run... They have a camera running during the break. break? During the commercial break. Run that as the See, extra that's filler. That's what I would do. I, in fact... And watch me and Jay. Just watch it. Like, you couldn't hear what we were saying. Time. Just watch what we right. were doing. For the first time in tonight's show history, I'd have forgotten about those little, you know, we'll be right back after this, yeah. send it to a commercial, instead of paying to some tonight's show scene, yeah. I would have had you and Jay having your discussions all into commercial breaks. Now, give me the raw tape. I'll go into business with NBC. We'll release the tape Never to my fans. Never move that camera from the set. Is yeah. I would have done that now. Nope. Right. We're also forgetting that the whole stage was set for the whole night by Uzu doing like a ridiculously sexy dance. Well, that's a whole nother story. Do Jackie, you got to be quiet. Okay, you sound no, as bad as one of the callers. <laughs> oh, no. oh, thank you. All right, Jackie ended the discussion. Let's take a break. <laughs> as usual. As usual. You let him talk too long. Yeah. At the microphone you, you either were supposed to tell me you to turn it off. At him. He was doing good. Doing good. He was doing good, but you know he'll always... Yeah. <laughs> he will end... He will end with a non-sector. He will take us in a direction that means absolutely... And you got to remember, when Uzo did the dance... No one knows Uzo, no one does the dance. Yeah, right. Uzo! No. Uzo, come on, everybody knows Uzo. Uzo did a ridiculous dance. I'm setting the tone. Thank you. Do you remember on Friday, Robin brought that up on here? <laughs> Let's take a no, break. Razzo brought it up. Yeah, not Robin. <laughs> Razzo, another king of non sequitur. Fantastic. <laughs> Razzo, another guy who thinks everything that happens in the world is great. <laughs> we'll be back right after these words. You're listening to the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> 
seen these different classes. Uh, dear Howard, I ta this is from Dallas. I taped your appearance on The Tonight Show. Great job, of course. And I noticed that when you watch Jay Leno in slow motion, it looks exactly like Mike Douglas used to when he couldn't understand what the hell was going on because it was way too hip for him. <laughs> that sort of glazed over look. Leno, and for that matter, the entire Tonight Show can't last much longer. Keep moving forward, Howard. King of all Billy Bob's. By the way, in New York, anyway, I know that um, there's bookmobiles. There's now I've, I've done something. Bookmobile. <clears throat> Do you know about this? No. You know, I see that a lot of people aren't reading. Our society has become Illiterate. illiterate. <laughs> so traveling around Manhattan, and I think this is going to be happening in other cities. I have started something called the Howard Stern Bookmobile. Really? Because I am an accomplished author. <laughs> Inside the bookmobile, you find only one book, but many of them. It is my book, Howard Stern, Miss America. Is that right? And people can come in. And there are no other books you recommend as uh, an author. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, this is the only book that I can recommend because I wrote it. And let me tell you something, Robin. Inside the bookmobile, you are you are greeted by a scores girl. Oh, dear. in a bikini. Wait a minute. Listen to this. This it's, is not a, a, a bookmobile. Did you see the bookmobile out in front of the building this morning? No. Yeah. You saw it, Fred? Oh, yeah. It was out there this morning. I think well, I get in early. Yeah, you got in too early. What? <laughs> they were putting a banner on it, I believe. Well, that's the bookmobile banner. Right. Where does this come from? I, I had a, a, a stroke of genius. <laughs> I think you just had a stroke, but what yeah. happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened was they said, wouldn't it be cool if there were bookmobiles with my book? So people, sure. so people, the masses, could get a little taste the of the book. The book is coming to you. Right. So, and we'll get people reading again. Now, where will the bookmobile be? Does it have different locations or does it travel around? It just it travels around. It travels around Manhattan. I'm trying to get some out in Queens and Long Island. Yeah, I mean, if you see the bookmobile, can you flag it down and yeah, have oh, yeah. it all over? Yeah, and the scores girl is in there. Uh-huh. And uh, she has her book. Uh-huh. And a couple of books, in case there's more than one person who wants to get in. Yeah. And you get in and you can read the book for a little bit. You can't oh, read you the whole thing. You don't buy the book in the bookmobile? No, you can see a sample of it, see if you like it, and then you can go buy it. It's, it's a library. Yeah, it's a library. Can she read it to you? No, yeah. she probably can't. But if it's not that crowded, <laughs> I don't know if they can all read. Tom, you know the schedule of the bookmobile. Just Tom help me put this whole thing I'm together. Guessing. You can't buy the book in the bookmobile. No. It's, not, it's, not, it's like a library. You don't sell books in a library. Oh. It's a bookmobile. Bookmobile. No, why Remember, reading doing... is fundamental. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know the exact schedule of Bookmobile, but it is going to be very aggressive, and it's going to be out there trying to help everyone in New York to learn how to read. Now, what about the Bookmobile? <laughs> because you know what? Even oh, get a reading license. Because like Howard a lot came of to me with this. Yeah, said you know that I said to Tom, look, I'm going to be promoting a new book, Howard Sermons America, and I have a couple ideas. And Tom said, I'm open to all ideas. Be happy to help you, which was very nice of him. It doesn't cost anything. Um, <laughs> You know, this was free, to, so it didn't match. So like the idea. When it comes to helping people read, there is no cost. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, there is. Fortunately, we didn't have to find out what that cost was. Right. Thank you. So anyway, what we did was we dialed up the K Rock van. It right. was easy yeah. for Tom to make this. <laughs> yeah, right. There's good ideas and then there's great ideas. Right. It's a great idea. Okay. You, how many books are in the actual bookmobile? Uh, Do we know? No. Have you seen the bookmobile? At least one. Oh, have I seen it? Absolutely. Well, Tom, Tom was the one who put it together. Yeah, well, but I mean, he doesn't know what's in it. Where is the bookmobile right now? Uh, is, there, is there a phone number in there? Can we call those guys? No. Find out where they are? No. Can they pull over and call us? Is the scores yeah, girl in there? If, if you're like... <laughs> No, there's a scores girl in there, right? There's supposed to be scores girls yeah. uh, helping us teach the indigent to read. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matthew, you go in. There's a hot bikini girl in there. Oh. 
you know, a scores her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think this is great? Oh, it's hysterical. Yeah. But I need to know more. All right. Well, now, I'm, how I'm, is the van set up? I don't even know what right. this van looks like. Here's the deal. You know the K-Rock van? Yeah. It's completely revamped. I, I only know right. that there is a K-Rock van. Right. I've never seen Let it. Let me tell you what happens. It's completely revamped. On the sides of stuff, it's got a big blanket, like a horse blanket over it now. I don't know how it travels, but it's got a big blanket. It says, you know, Howard Stern Buckmobile, right? The blanket has to come on and off. It can't travel with the blanket on. See, that's that's the one. I mean, listen, I'm, no, I'm in no position to complain because you're doing me a favor by lending me the K-Rug van. Now we're, we're doing the people who can't read a favor. Right. But wait a minute, wait a minute. So the blanket goes on every time it stops? Is yeah, you see, yeah. I would have liked it if it oh, traveled. You know, it would have as well, but unfortunately it's it a... It costs money to pay the yeah. To, I mean, to repaint the whole van would have been. Do you know how much it would cost? <laughs> a lot. Ten grand? Yeah. Oh, I would be offered a pay, but forget that. Ten grand to paint a van? Gee. Well, you guys go see. Isn't there a way to stick a sign on a van that sticks like and then you get to, like on a bus sign? Like a refrigerator. But if you get going at high speed, it's going to blow off. Wait a minute. A bus, wait doesn't, wait a minute, a bus wait a doesn't blow off. How about this? That's. It was a vinyl. Up. What it is, the, the, that's vinyl that is then applied and it becomes permanent. And then when you pull no, it, it off. No, it doesn't. It's, yeah, a, it's a you, sign. You, put, no, you pull it off. You just bolt it in. You bolt the yeah. sign into the into the side of the. Uh, no, no, no. The, um, those buses are vinyl. vinyl. Big That's bumper really sticker. Glue. You can make oh, signs. Now I have it. <laughs> <laughs> look, That's I don't know what Tom's talking about. Big All right, look, there control. is a bookmobile. <laughs> right. All right. If you see the K Rock van, follow it, and then when it slows down, it'll, it'll become a bookmobile. They, they put a blanket <laughs> over it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We will How many are there? How many bookmobiles are there? Just one? Yes. All right. Now, inside... We had some special training. <laughs> what a station. Inside, there's oh, just yeah. a, a girl, oh, a scores girl sitting on one of the scores girl. little benches in the van. Yeah, there's a scores girl in there, and oops, there's a rack. I got it. It's carpeted, and it's nice, and you walk in. It is carpeted. Yeah, it's carpeted. And, and how long can you sit there? Are there refreshments? Uh, if you bring them. <laughs> it really isn't comfy in there. Yeah, but it's carpeted and there's a yeah. chair and stuff for people to sit and read, right? I think there's a folder in there. Is there a place for people to sit and read? Yeah, there's seats. Yeah. There's seats. <laughs> i got to go look at this. Where is I, it? I Let's go down. I don't know. What we tried to have you see it this morning. Yeah, but first of all, I was supposed to go down and see the finished product to this to yeah. get my approval. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the guy, I don't know... Where he was, but he, he, all of a sudden oh, he knows you. I'm coming. He takes it for a spin around the block, and he can't get back for some uh. reason. <laughs> now, he was supposed to talk to uh, Gorilla. Yeah, Gorilla said, wait right here. And the guy took off, and then uh, like, couldn't uh, get he, back in time. And I waited for it. He said there's a communication problem. Because I want to go to it. I would go downstairs now and look at it and do a broadcast from well, it. Well, if you're listening, bring it back and let us know you're here. I think we ought to do a show from the bookmobile. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of room in there. <laughs> it's a van. I mean, there's no room in here. <laughs> Can you get the bookmobile over here? Is it somewhere in Manhattan? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, hey, do those guys have a cellular phone? I don't know. You don't know? Do, do you know anything? Uh... Useless. <laughs> oh, man. Useless. You know, you're useless. Nice. That's nice. You put a blanket over the van, and that's a we, bookmobile? We, we do this nice idea. It's a great it's idea. It's a creative way to help. It's great, yeah. but I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. It's like the Western oh, bookmobile you know. is like this little shoddy thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. Why can't I ever get any respect? Oh. Damn. Damn. <laughs> so what do you say? You, you go in, and can you sit down and read a little bit? Absolutely. They're not going to, like, throw you out of the van. No, no, we'll but there's not real. It doesn't sound like there's lounging space in there. Well, no, it's one reading. Person. No, there's a couple of chairs for people. But you're, like, you're sitting next to a stranger yeah. on a bench. Well, what is a library? Exactly. Right. You or get a, a little 
everybody else. Yeah. What is it? The operator of the bookmobile is on the line, okay. Frank. Hey, Frank. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Hey, dude, what happened? You were supposed to show me the bookmobile this morning, and then you didn't even put around. I saw you. I saw you stuck on like 58th Street. He's <laughs> <laughs> like pull over to the side of the sidewalk. Because <laughs> you know, Ronnie and I pass it, and I go, "Hey, Ronnie, what's the K Rod van doing into the in, in the sidewalk?" It's on the sidewalk. Yeah, and, I, and he goes, "I don't know." I go, "I think someone stole the K Rod van." <laughs> I said, "Maybe I should report it." Uh, he goes, I don't know, man. I won't even. I, he says, I don't know what they were doing, but they were on top of it, doing something to it. Uh, yeah. What were you doing on top of it? No, <laughs> we were coming around, and because uh, we were supposed to wait for you guys, I guess on the side, but they said to come around. Yeah. So I started to drive slowly, and the wind just just went, picked it up. So you know, I, the van blew the blanket off. Oh, you blew the blanket oh. off. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, picked the blanket off. <laughs> Oh boy! I the van and I Way to like, go, Tom! So, so the blanket now, now you park somewhere? Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I by this thing this morning, and I just thought it was the K Rock van because there was no blanket on it. Yeah. It's a Howard Stern Buckmobile. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, what does the sign say on it? Uh, what it says Howard Stern Bookmobile, uh, nine two three K Rock, and it has um, a big picture of your book with like uh, flowers around it. The room? Right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was nice. cool. Right. I saw that. That was a yeah, nice design. Beautiful. But it's on a blanket. He could just bring up the oh, blanket. You can see the bookmobile. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just... <laughs> so I don't understand something. So where are you parked now? Uh, now we're in the World Financial Center by the Staten Island Ferry. And you got the scores girl in there? Uh, no, no. Um, I don't understand. Where's the score? For it. they, they, we, so. It's too early for that. Can we, let me hire one to get one in there. What time is she going to be in there? Uh, I don't know. Oh, come on. Stop. No, come on, what time is she going to be in there? Seriously. Serious. I don't know. At, at noon? Well, does Frank know? What time are you supposed to pick no. up a scores girl? What's, what's the... Hello? Uh, hello? <laughs> I mean, Frank. You come up with a brilliant idea. And then you give it to Tom. And you give it to Tom. And he messes it up. There's no girl in the bookmobile? Is there any books in the bookmobile? I think there are, yeah. yeah. I think. Where's that I guy, man? Harvey. Oh. <laughs> Sweet name at the cheap mobile. Oh, the cheap Asano mobile. The cheap Asano mobile. Hey, there's a hardback and there's a paperback. This is the paperback bookmobile. What are you talking about? Uzo. It doesn't matter. All right, anyway, look for the Howard Stern bookmobile in Manhattan. Are they in any other cities or is it only in this city? Only in this city. Yeah. Well, if other cities want to set up a bookmobile, that's that's okay. Tom and we, and we, Tom will tell you how to do it. Exactly. We'll, we'll, how to do it for like 10 cents. We can send them, you know, I'm sure we can help them get the art done. Yeah, we've got the art done. You know what, Tom, I'd rather they do it on their own. Maybe they'll I thought come you like the art. A little bit. You said you like the art. You should see the station in San Francisco. KOME? Yeah. You should see what they do there in terms of promotion and running the show there. Maybe you ought to take a trip, Tom. Yeah, why don't you go to San Francisco? You got to see what they're doing out there. I don't want to say the bookmobile is going to be a flop with that blanket on it and no scores girl in there. We can't get the scores girl. Lonnie couldn't hook us up with the scores girl. Uh, I you know I don't know what happened with the scores girl. I mean, it was part of the it was part of the print, the plan. I don't know what happened with it. Hmm. Lonnie, what's the do? Lonnie. <laughs> What's going on? Don't you speaking Italian again? Yeah. Work to be done. Yeah. Lonnie's a, a fellow Italian. Right. <laughs> Is that him? Yeah. Is this what happened? Frank ran to the store and he got oh. more change. Oh, you don't have a phone? 
Hello? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary, okay. why don't you call him back so he doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. That, that would have been the that wise thing to do. Right, right. I didn't know he was... Sorry. Dude. I have What time are you getting the scores, girl, to get in the bookmobile? Um, I mean, they haven't told me, but I, I mean, I, I'll get it right now. I mean, that would be... <laughs> oh, come on, Tom. It's not even... Hey, Nicole. No, no, not true. Uh, how come this guy doesn't know anything? Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, he's all excited about it. He wishes he knew. <laughs> Man. Uh, where do you park now? Um, right now I'm at the, we're at Staten Island Fair. We were originally at uh, Weehawken. Yeah, we were at Hoboken, but we got kicked out by the security. <laughs> and did you tell them it was a reading program? Yeah, I mean, these guys, we gave them shirts, we gave them a lot of stuff to, like, you know, try to bribe them, but they wouldn't, you know. Let me get something straight here. Do you have any books in the bookmobile? Uh, yeah. How many you got? I think we have, like, three or four books. And you got seats? Yeah. And carpeting? Yep. So the books are just sitting there? Yeah. No, girl, no librarian. Nobody's reading them. I mean, yeah, they're sitting there. No, but there's no librarian to watch the book. Is anyone in the bookmobile now reading? Um, yeah, well, Anthony, my partner's reading. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody approached the bookmobile? Hey. Has anyone got in the bookmobile yet? Excuse me? <laughs> What's with this guy? What is it? Uh, Lonnie from Stores is on the other line with some alarming news. What? Uh, oh, let, let me see something. Oh, no. What is it, Lonnie? King of all media. Yes, Lonnie, my man. We have 110 volunteer girls ready to go, but we were never contacted. Seriously? I mean, as far as I knew, yes, that, that we had contacted them. That was the whole idea to have a scores girl as a librarian. Who wants to go in and just read without a scores girl there? <laughs> Lonnie, Tom is personally going to call you when we get into commercial and set this up. Oh my. We'll have them starting this afternoon. Of course. Lonnie would never, you know, Lonnie's always the first one when he hears about a reading program for, for, for young adults. <laughs> Lonnie is a giver. He is. Lonnie would never. Right, Lonnie? Illiteracy is a serious problem, and the scores girls have been concerned with that for many years. Yeah. Uh, did you know that every scores girl has to have a charity she works yeah. with? And, this, and, and so far, none of them have been able to find one. <laughs> Who was supposed to contact Lonnie, Tom? Uh, Peggy has been... Lonnie, Lonnie, yeah. Lonnie's always willing to help out. The scores girls are the most generous girls on the planet, I should know. So it's done. All right, so, so we will it'll be taken care of this morning. All right, thanks. Okay. All right, Lonnie, we're going to hook up with you, all right? I'm going to take you up on that. That's terrific. The girls love the book. It's the greatest thing to ever happen. Yeah, and most of the scores girls are in the book. A lot of the... You know that picture of me sitting there in the that's makeup? That's right. That's right. Those are all scores, scores girls. Squirrels. <laughs> squirrels, I call them. <laughs> scores girls. Squirrels. We have scores girls that have turned down Playboy magazine roles in movies, but that book is the greatest single thing to happen to their career. Right. They really have turned down movies, Lonnie. No, they don't turn down anything. <laughs> hey, Lonnie, thanks for helping uh, the bookmobile. Well, just thanks for casting a blow against illiteracy. Howard, anytime. It's the greatest book ever written. Thank you. Tell the girls thanks for casting a blow. Will do. All right, thank you. Thank you, Lonnie. That's Lonnie from Scores, who's really... I almost dedicated the entire book to him for changing my life. Thanks, Lonnie.
And Frank? Yes? You drive into something, you hear? <laughs> and you treat those girls with respect? Um, all right. They're librarians. Yeah, definitely. And tell everyone where you're parked right now. Yeah, I'm So right they can on. go in and read. <laughs> Has nobody approached you at all? Is the sign out that says it's the Howard Stern Bookmobile? Yeah, no, the sign's out. I mean, we're just... Where are you right now? Can you tell me where you are right now? All right, right now, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm right by uh, World Financial Center. I think it's, um, by, well, Moran's Bar, I think, is around there. Are, are people walking around? Yeah. And they see yeah. the bookmobile? Yeah. And they're not going in. I mean, <laughs> Do you explain to them that it's a, a, it's a free bookmobile? Yeah, I mean, we're handing out uh, we're handing out a lot of those entry blanks, uh, a lot of uh, bumper stickers and stuff. You know, we're getting people as they're walking by. But yeah. nobody's come in to say, you take a browse through the book. They're because afraid. They're afraid the, of the van. Because the person who fills out the entry blank and gets, might win a book and also might win a trip to our studio. Yes. Right. Yes. All right. That's what we're doing. All right, man. All right. I think he looks scary or something. He's no, scaring no, no, people he's away. Nice, no, he's a real nice kid. You know, if the scores go over out he's front... A, he's a nice, good-looking kid. <laughs> I saw him out front. He looked like he was hijacking the van. I thought it was somebody ripping off the van. So is the scores girl going to stand outside the van? Well, if, if she's not on duty inside. If someone's reading, she should be there to supervise, make sure people are quiet while so others can read. Helping turn the pages. Right. <laughs> no, she's got to be in there to make, supervise to make sure people are reading quietly. All right, I'm just trying to get the uh, yeah. just the what's going on here. The book's so damn funny that people start to laugh so hard that you can't even concentrate on what you're he reading. He has to be there just in case right. they get into some physical or health trouble. Yeah, because some people are known to laugh too much. They almost die from yeah. the laughter, and she can revive them. I've caught my wife laughing at a lot at the book. Really? Yeah. What was she laughing at? Um, in the, the OCD cast, she thought was real funny. <laughs> that that was supposed to be serious. So <laughs> 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 <Tell> thanks. <laughs> Very careful. She, she really liked the first chapter. Good. Oh, she did? Yeah. Hey, you know, your wife's wild. I'd like to get her in the rack. <laughs> Did it work out for you, Tom? Did she get uh, you can, I can't tell all how many, hot and bothered? Not, all the women in San Francisco came in and told me they'd whisper. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I have a good relationship. What does that mean? That answers your question. That means Tom leaves her alone and doesn't talk to her. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's a good re relationship in the Chiasano household. All right. Hey, uh, Lonnie, God bless you, and God bless the girls that scores. All right. Lonnie's gone. Oh, Lonnie's gone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lonnie went a long time ago. That's Frank, right? right? Yeah. I like Frank answering for Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, get to work, all right, man? All right. All right, get some people in the... Let them read the book. You got it. All right, it's important. <laughs> all right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Check the oil. Tom hasn't put oil in the van since we got it. He'll pay for it. He'll pay for it. oil in. All right. Thank okay. you, Tom. Thank you. My pleasure. Good. <laughs> Good job on the van. I dread what's coming. Yeah, no, nothing. Coming. Commercials are coming. Do you dread those? I like that. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after these words. We'll be back with Howard Stern Show. Don't go away. Thank you. Joke man Marlowe get hundreds of jokes on CD or cassette on the very wild Sergeant Pepper. Only twelve dollars plus three dollars shipping and handling. Jingle Bell bonus buy two get one free. Call one eight hundred three two three King Friday night December eighth at the Comedy Loft in Orangeburg, New York. For info and joke land internet address, call five one six nine two two. Lauren, I like this. <laughs>
Jackie's uh, album causing a lot of uh, controversy. Oh, uh, oh. No one can believe it. So uh, everyone con is continuing to make very good points about The Tonight Show during the commercials. <laughs> Robin came in and made the following point, which I will not try to regurgitate. <laughs> she said, no, I'm saying it, but you don't play her music. When she says it. When she's quoting us. <laughs> no, I didn't. If you quote me, you have to right, have no, I disagree with that. <laughs> anyway, here's the point. If you look at that Tonight Show and what went on and analyzing it, what, what Jay was really upset with was his own reaction to what was going on, as evidenced by the fact that they aired everything. Except his reaction. Except his reaction. And what Jay really wants to do is he looked at it and said, oh, I should have reacted this way, this way, and this way. Instead, I acted like a buffoon, so I'll cut it out. Yeah. And what they really wanted to do, Jay wanted to do it all over again. He wanted a redo. Now he wanted a redo. What to do. They, wanted, they want everything so pre-planned. You see, Jay probably said, home, you know what I should have done? I should have done this. I should have done that. They want to do it. To the point where it's boring. Right. They want to keep practicing it until they get it to the most boring. That's exactly what he said to you. If you had told me, I'd have known what to do. Right. <laughs> and the very funny thing about it was that Jay didn't know what to do. <laughs> That's what made it brilliant. And what was great about Siskel and Ebert, they didn't know what to do either. <laughs> they were going to continue to talk about casino like That's nothing was going on. They had a situation to react to, and they didn't react. Which points out how bad television is, because... Here, where else in the world would you see two guys like Siskel and Ebert, two very opinionated guys, two intelligent guys, totally ignore what was going on around them? Yeah. If, if they were walking down the street and they saw somebody being assaulted, they would either run or they would help or they, they would stand there stunned. They would have a reaction. To what was going on. Instead, they had no reaction. But they did have a reaction. Their reaction was to try to ignore it. Yeah. It, it's just, the whole thing was so bizarre. Let's take a few phone calls. But is, uh, Jackie, you, how did you put it? You said they're going to rehearse they it. Do it over till they got it boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they could live with. Somebody faxed me and said, you know, he said I used to um, direct for NBC and I cringed watching the botched Tonight Show. Hal Gurney, Letterman's first TV director, credited unpredictability in the Directors Guild news for making Letterman successful. Unpredictable. Yeah. He claimed the unpredictable nature of broadcasting made the viewers afraid to switch off their sets and, to, and turn off the TV for the night. Yeah. And that's exactly what... You even managed to do that on tape with the Channel 9 show. Yeah. People had the same reaction to that show that anything could happen because Howard's on the air. Well, and that's why when I got in the editing room, I never edited out anything that made me even look bad. Mm -hmm. Because I felt that's what's compelling. Don't edit out the train wreck. And that's the what real Le thing. And that's what Leno did. He edited out the train wreck. Howard, I mean, Fred had a, a wonderful analogy. He says, that's like you see a, a three-alarm fire happening, and you just pretend it's not there. Yeah, just ignore it. Here's another fact. Howard, you remind me of a great home run hitter, such as Reggie, Reggie Jackson and Mickey Mantle. You'd never go to the... You would never go to... Oh, this is about the L.A. book signing. Oh, that's not. She would never go to the bathroom while either of them were at bat. Oh, I see. No, it's about the appearance. It's about the TV appearance? Yeah. You would never go to the bathroom while either of them were a bat. Just as you, I would, just, just as you, I would never leave the TV while you were on the Tonight Show because I never know what you might do next. You're the best. Thank you. Well, that's very nice. 
you might want to visit the reading mobile. <laughs> the writing mobile. The writing mobile. The writing mobile, perhaps. By the way, there will be a scores girl in the bookmobile to assist with your reading. At some point. Right. Uh, Howard, another Hollywood hypocrite. Jay and Mavis count their millions after beating Letterman by exploiting two murdered people with the dancing Edos, but Howard is wrong? <laughs> Utterly ridiculous and unbelievable. Mavis reads books all day instead of raising a family, and Jay works on his ten cars. Nice. How productive. <laughs> Concerning the bookmobile, Howard, we do bus markings and can do a temporary decal you could use on your bookmobile for much less than $10,000. We could probably do something with existing artwork that you have. Give us a touch of Okay. having to cover up the van. You could actually have it moving around and people would know what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's called professionalism. <laughs> He's got a blanket. <laughs> He's got a blanket. <laughs> All right, let's hear what Leno said the following night in his monologue. Okay. After I... Oh, there's all the uh, fake applause yeah, and yeah. standing ovation. The paid-off uh, yeah. audience is now responding. You have no idea. You have no idea how refreshing it is to look out and see a normal audience for a second. Well, yeah, I might not bring back my audience. Yeah, those people weren't normal. Those are the people you're trying to get. I want to apologize. Look kind of tired. I was up all night editing last night's program. <laughs> yeah, editing yourself out. Why don't you tell people what you edited out? You didn't edit out anything I did. You edited out yourself. <laughs> and the fact that you freaked out and walked off your own show. Oh, that was a strange night. What I care about that menage of Stern thing we had here. <laughs> and you saw Stern had a couple of girls in bikinis, and uh, I can't tell you what happened. I, I, without going into detail, let's just say we got a call from Madonna, and she was offended. Okay. <laughs> Little jokes, little prepared comments. Madonna offended by two lesbians kissing? I don't think so. Yeah. The only one offended was Jay. See, again, he's making you the bad guy. Yeah. He's claiming that you did something so horrible he can't talk about it, he couldn't show it. Meanwhile, he showed everything, edited it out himself. Right. He was the only one who blew it. But really, they're painting you as, this, yeah. as a smut raker. Yeah, well, and that's what it says in the paper today. But that's always the way it's going to be with, with, with this ridiculous notion of who I am. Man. The man is out there. You know, I don't want to say the show was beyond the bounds of good taste, but I understand Bob Dole was watching. Halfway through the program, his head exploded. No, Jay, your head exploded. Yeah, we didn't need Bob Dole. We already had a, a scanner situation yeah. going on. Bob Dole's pen, he, Bob Dole was home sucking his pen. <laughs> Jay's head exploded, and of course Jay edited that out. Yeah, no, he's now the cool guy. Yeah. Listen to him today. Yeah. He knows how to react today. Get some time to think about it. You know, you know the really sad thing about last night? That was our Christmas special. That's what I think about last night, Jay, you ran into the editing room chopped up this stupid thing and edited out your own responses. Makes me feel bad. In fact, I understand a little bit later, Howard Stern will be out here to sing the Christmas classic, I Saw Mommy Kissing Mrs. Claus. Yes. Got the big ratings of your career. There's so much controversy over that stupid thing last night with Stern these two girls in his spanking thing and he was yelling at us the radio that we cut out. So I said, all right, Here's that controversial spanking to you. Here's the scene, uncut, that was on last night. Here, take a look, folks. Here it is as it's played. What is that? 
What's he uh, doing there? They took some old movie clip from like the 30s of somebody mm. being spanked. Gotcha. Wow. Well, brought the house down. Very, very simple. <laughs> so later on in the show, Mary Tyler Moore had something to say about me. Shoot that. Before we go any further, I just wanted to let everyone know that before we went on, this man had a phone call from Reverend Billy Graham, applauding him for defending Billy Graham's book in the case of uh, Howard Stern. Oh, what she's talking about? Can we give her some insulin? I was afraid if Howard touched the Bible, it would burst into flames. So they wanted to. She seems vague. The problem just would have burst, and that would have been the end of it. But that's right. And your book. Your book, yeah. You, didn't you want to commit suicide or something? <laughs> Whatever. Didn't Grant Tinker dump you? As soon as you got a little old? Yeah, another great guy, Grant Tinker. Another guy worried about good taste. But there's no problem dumping a woman as soon as she gets a couple of wrinkles. All the beautiful people. <laughs> then the entertainment tonight interviewed the woman who walked out, the one woman who walked out during the taping of the show. Uh -huh. Somebody told me they saw this woman walk out. There was some old bag in the audience or something. I don't know if she was an old bag or not, actually. I I'm just no assuming. Idea. I didn't see her. I didn't notice anybody walking out. She was screaming, Oh no, lesbians, don't let them kiss. If they kiss, no, don't let them kiss. And then Did says, you hear her? No, someone else heard. Oh. <laughs> so here they interviewed her on Entertainment Tonight. I guess they found her. Well, I'd like to let you know that I walked out of the Jay Leno show. My heart was pounding. I thought it was um, very disgusting. I found it obnoxious, rude, and uncalled for. Just buy the book then. It's more of that. Her heart was pounding. Yeah, what does that tell you? That that it was too much for her. Yeah, it was too it, it was too much. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's funny how you know it always cracks me up when people get that crazy about somebody else doing something. <laughs> yeah, Not like the woman was trying to kiss her. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> handle it. My heart was pounding. It's a woman, I guess, who lives in Los Angeles. Couldn't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> Uh, but she roared at the Michael Jackson joke. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> hey, you're on the air. Good morning, King and Queen of All Media. I want to comment, of course, on the great Tonight Show appearance. Thank you. This is the. And and you know what? This I, I taped it the, the tonight, and all we've been watching it over and over again. And there's so many things that happen when you watch it over and over again that when you finally see it, you, you'll see what happens. I just wish you could see the real Tonight Show when Jay walked off. Of yes. course, that's the part. You see, it's just so weird that these guys don't know how to react in a situation like that, and that's why he's angry. He yeah. he won't admit it, but that's why he's angry. He didn't know what to do. He didn't look good. He kept saying to me, "I didn't get to say anything." I go, "So so, who stopped you? Say something, you dope." Howard, on the, on the you tape. said plenty when the, the commercials were running. Yeah, I mean, you didn't... You, you should have said that. That's what I kept telling you. You should have said that on the air. Yeah. You would have had plenty to say. I guarantee you, you'll never see the footage of Jay walking off because... And that has nothing to do with sexuality. It's just Jay doesn't know how to handle a situation. That's spontaneous. That's bottom line. And I know Jay's sitting there now going, I could have done this, I could have done that. second-guessing. Instead, he's sitting there and, like, getting all uptight and bumming everyone out. He was bumming me out. Howard, when, um, when you the show ends... We, we see you kind of walk with the girls, then you kind of walk off like what's what, the bad, bad leader? Yeah, but that wasn't even the real ending. The real Let me tell you what really happened. I'll say this again. I'm sitting there 
And some girl's sucking my toes. The audience is going wild and starts breaking into a chant of Howard, Howard, Howard. And nobody ever sees that chant either. No. Cisco and Ebert are still trying to maintain this conversation of casino. They're acting like nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden, Jay just throws up his hands and goes, I can't do this show anymore. I can't do it. That's, That's it. it. Good, Good night. night. And walks off. He walks off. So me, Siskel, and Ebert, and the girls are sitting on a couch, still hanging out. <laughs> we just like we're I don't know it was like I didn't know it was over I didn't know what I was well, supposed that, to I, and, and up in the uh, audience I was with Jackie and Fred and I said this isn't the real end of the Tonight Show no. I don't know what's happening no. here so I'm sitting there like a nine year old because Jay won't talk to me the fat guy Ebert won't talk to me but Gene will talk to me, and Gene is telling me how I'm not funny, how he ha that I should be listening to him because he's my big brother, spiritually. And I was like, when did this guy become my mentor? And how he knows what's good for my film career. He started in again with that. Did they run that on the uh, Tonight Show? How I don't know. I don't know. Did you see that part yeah, of it? He, yeah. He, and you said, look, what have you ever done? Yeah, but the point is, you know how many people, I've had about 50 people come up to me and all say, you should do a documentary like R. Crumb, you know. And it's like... Did you see our crumb? No. You know why? Because nobody wanted to see it. Yeah, but the point was, as I said before, here was a documentary moment. This yeah. was a real moment. And they blew and it. they all bailed out. Yeah, they had a camera on them. They all freaked out. <laughs> no one would, you know, if that camera wasn't on them, they all would have reacted differently. Yeah. No, they want a documentary where somebody tells them, all right, this is going to happen when you walk through the room. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just... You know what the problem is why I can't shoot a documentary? Because no one will give the permission to show what they reacted yeah, like around me. Yeah. So the point is that as soon as the camera's on, everyone doesn't know how to react. Jay doesn't know how to react. He just storms off the set. Cisco and Ebert don't know how to react because they have that stupid review they got to get through. And it's so funny, you know, like they attack me. Oh, Robin, you laugh when Howard breathes. No, I get the joke. Yeah. The thing you don't get is I get the joke. Right. It's unbelievable. Howard, the first thing that Jay said to you when you brought the girls out, he's like, look at the tattoo. And I'm like, the tattoo, I'm, you know, look at their bodies. Yeah, well, oh, please. It's just so ridiculous. So then Jay's complaining to me during the commercials and all that. Then all of a sudden, the end of the show happens, and Jay walks off, and I'm sitting on the couch. And Gene is, uh, Gene, uh, is sitting and lecturing me about how this time I wasn't funny. I go, no, it was funny, Gene. It's just that you guys were the funny you part. You couldn't see it. You were in it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're the knuckleheads. <laughs> you know, you guys just acted like three old bears. <laughs> and you know that they're acting like that for TV. <laughs> they, they just didn't know what to do. You know what? The other thing is, and you know, I we mentioned Andy Kaufman before. And the one beautiful thing about Andy Kaufman that everybody will point out to you, but no, very few people can do besides you, is that Andy was uh, willing to accept any reaction to whatever he did. Yeah. The audience got up and walked out through things. Adam cursed him out. He was okay with that. Right. And you're okay with however anybody reacts to you. It's just that they're not okay. I was fine with it. And I, and I told Jay I wasn't going to retape. And then all of a sudden, uh, we were sitting on the couch. And now we're just sitting and sitting and sitting. So the, the, one of the producers or something comes over to me and go, well, what are we doing here? He said, well, the show is now short. And Jay doesn't know what he's going to do. I said, look, I, I don't want to be responsible for a show being short. I'm perfectly willing to sit here on the couch. Go tape some more. So I sat on the couch. Or throw you out. Uh, I mean, he just yeah. what? He couldn't do anything. He was impotent. So they came at back and they taped a phony baloney ending where Jay looked good. Right, because you're all And I figured you'd see everything. No, because Jay had walked off and now all of a sudden we were back. No, what they did was they cut out Jay walking off and made it seem like Jay was in full control. Yeah. It was, it was absurd. And they're a bunch of hypocrites if they don't air the real ending because it had nothing to do with sexuality. What they didn't air had to do with Jay looking like a douchebag.
Why did they even have Cisco and Ebert on if you were going to be on? Shouldn't the whole show be devoted no. to you? No, it was fine that Cisco and Ebert were there. Except what I was doing, Cisco and Ebert couldn't do their agenda. So therefore, no one knew what to do. No one could react. No one could be real. And Siskel and Ebert would go around, like Gene Siskel's in the paper going, I don't think Howard was funny this time. I think Howard's a very funny guy, but he wasn't funny. Yeah. You know why he didn't think I was funny? Because he couldn't get to do his movie review. Right. <laughs> he had no voice anyway. Oh, it was annoying. <laughs> you know, if you have no voice and you're going to go on a show where you have to talk, up. why don't you call up and cancel? <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I was talking about your movie career. <laughs> it was just so bizarre. I can't even tell you how bizarre the whole thing was. It was an incredible trip. First of all, San, San Francisco was an incredible experience because not only were there thousands and thousands of fans there, all enjoying the book and having a good time. And, but, I'm you know, sorry I missed it. Kim Goldman was there. That was pretty intense. Yeah. Oh, I got the tape of Kim Goldman and me on Entertainment Tonight. Mm. What do you do with it? You can hear me talking to her. Oh, damn. Here it is. Oh, Howard okay. with Kim Goldman. Where's that? You can't find it? Oh, yeah. Entertainment Tonight, right here. Oh. All right, hold on. First, Howard Stern. He modestly proclaims himself the king of all media. From his New York studio, he is conquering the nation. Where do you see what happens when he goes on the road to San Francisco? And here is E.T.'s Mark Steinis. With that, Howard Stern was on the loose in the city by the bay, and an estimated 10,000 faithful were on hand to worship his every move. But the surprise of the day was the appearance of Kim Goldman, sister of murder victim Ron Goldman. She thanked Stern for his continual criticism of O.J. Simpson, acquitted in the murders of her brother and Nicole Brown. I feel horrible about what happened to your family and everything. I just want you to know that uh, uh, I'm just so outraged by O.J. and everything that's going on. I know, I've heard you, and you say a lot of the things that I can't, so thank you. I think your father's one of the, uh, the greatest men. I mean, he's so brave, and he goes out there, and uh, I can't believe that this freaking butcher is out there. And, uh, and I hope people shame him. And but Howard wasn't there to leave his house. Pretty good, huh? I mean, come on. I was in the middle of signing books. I did pretty good there. I made <laughs> you a... did all right. No, Friggin come on. Butcher. Friggin' butcher might have been over the top. <laughs> but, you know, I was angry. She seemed to dig it. <laughs> Friggin' butcher. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Danny Glover, Howard Stern's show. Stern he is out of his, you know what? But he's off the planet as well. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Mr. Glover. In Philadelphia, I'll be at um, Tower Records on South Street, Saturday, December 9th. I will be there at 10 a.m. and I'll sign uh, everybody's book. Depending on the size of the crowd, it will depend on how many books I sign. If it's, you know, if it's a reasonable size crowd, I can sign two. If it's, it's a little large, I'll sign one. Philly will be big. It's a Saturday. Saturday. But I'll tell you one thing. I sign every book. And it's really not, even the people on the line said to me, it's not even about getting the book signed. It's just getting to say hello. And then after we say hello, I mean, it's also what goes on in the line. I just got a fax from a woman who was in line. She says, I'm beautiful. I'm blonde. I have a 36D. I stood in line waiting for another girl to pick me up. I couldn't meet girls, so then I met some guys, but she wasn't attracted to those guys. So it was a whole thing going on there. So she goes, I should have wore a sign saying I was looking for a girl. <laughs> and then when I got up to you, she said I got a little tongue-tied, and I didn't tell you how much the show means to me and all this stuff. But 
I know in Los Angeles I spoke to every person on the line. I got this is different. In the private report signing, you weren't speaking. No. Now I've got it down where I've, I've actually coordinated that I can write my name while I'm talking. And speak at the same time. And speak at the same time. And usually the conversation is either F Jackie or something along those lines. Oh. Uh, I'm telling you, Jackie, you should see every person comes up and says F Jackie. Can I tell you? Here's some facts about The Tonight Show. Howard, not since Dean Martin was on The Tonight Show, drunk as a skunk. And called Merv Griffin a fag. Did he call Merv Griffin a fag? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Among other things, has there ever been a better Tonight Show? Yours topped that by a mile. And if, and if God forbid they show you the real Tonight Show that actually was taped, you would even have a better time. <laughs> well, the reaction continues to come in. Yes. Some people didn't like it. Oh. Oh, what can I do? This fact says, who's the real genius, Howard Stern or Jay? Howard, you owe Jay a big thank you. Look at all the publicity you both have had because of his reaction. No, the reason that I, I, first of all, I'm the genius. I'm the one who orchestrated it. The only one who isn't a genius is Jay because he never showed you what his reaction to it all was. He edited it out. Jay had nothing to do with it. Here's what the guy says, or whoever it is. I don't know if it's a guy or a woman. But he says, you will have to start worrying when you stop shocking people. I'm a big fan of yours when you're on the radio, but I didn't like the bit as much as your other fans. You were a bad boy, and I think I should spank you. Mm. Well, look. <laughs> you know, I've gone on The Tonight Show and just sat there and talked. I mean, every, 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 every time I go on, it's different. And that's what I try to do. Try to make it different every time I go on. And you know what? I'm sick of trying. I'm gonna. I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna let Jay Leno now sit with with his Tonight Show, <laughs> and I'll do I'll do this on other shows. Here's another one. I have watched and enjoyed probably every previous appearance you have made on the Tonight Show, Late Night, and the Late Show. Sorry. However, your appearance on the November 30th, 1995 Tonight Show was quite poor. <laughs> Thanks. Jay Leno is right that your performance was completely disrespectful to him. More importantly, it simply was not funny. Signed Gene Siskel. <laughs> well, now I uh, submit that this guy oh, is a real show. No, I don't care. It, every, even the show that aired, people are telling me, was the funniest thing. Had you saw. ended your over-the-top presentation after the first segment, your appearance would likely have been a success. Oh. Unfortunately, by persisting in your attempt to wrest control of the entire show from Leno, you appeared petulant, juvenile, and wholly egocentric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No kidding. It was like watching a child misbehave just for the attention he is starved for. Thank you. I hope you receive this letter in the spirit of constructive criticism. Yeah. Hey, I'll take his criticism like I take Siskel and Ebert's. Well, he says, unfortunately, I believe that you have absolutely no capacity to take criticism of any kind. I, I'll tell you what, if I started taking all the criticism I get, I wouldn't have a career. <laughs> this is especially sad, considering you're probably one of the most hypercritical public figures I have ever come across. Yeah, well, <laughs> he can suckle me. Oh. Well, anyway, uh, despite that one fax, we seem to have gotten about 10 billion saying that they think it was the funniest thing they ever saw. And uh, I'm sure that this appearance will be discussed and discussed. And I guarantee you, whenever I appear on that show, it will be the highest rated show because of the fact that I'm willing to take chances. This person says you'll, you, he doesn't even want you to watch the tape. Right. 
because it'll upset you too much. Yeah, well, I'm upset with Jay's reaction. I'm not showing his own, re not showing Jay's reaction. Well, let's not discuss it anymore. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, we could discuss this till time goes on. <laughs> I've already made all of my thoughts clear. <laughs> hey, Dallas, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah. What in the world? Hello? Don't call me on your car phone, jackass. Father. Buffalo, you're on the air. Hello? I mean, you're sitting there. I'm going to try and uh, hear him. Well, he's got something so big to say that uh, I'm going to listen to that. On a car phone. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hey, Howard. Hey. They thought your uh, show was great the other day. I don't yeah, know what thanks. everybody's complaining about. No, one person complained. Well, the problem is, is you know, you don't get any respect around here for anything. You have the best book going, you, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Yeah, and then like I'm reading the, the New York Times book review of my book. Uh-huh. I can't even tell if it's good or bad. What do they I say? know, it's unbelievable. I, mean, I think it's actually good, but you, you couldn't... You know, it's just that people can't deal with any of this. It says, um... Yeah, let me see. Um, statements, uh, okay, he talks about how early in the book I write a bunch of disarming things by directing barbs against myself. Quote, I'm such a superficial piece of garbage, he admits, daring you to take this accurate self-description seriously. My entire career has consisted of toilet bowl radio stations at the bottom of the barrel that have come to me when their ratings have disappeared and they needed a nuclear bomb in mornings to jumpstart their pathetic operations. Statements like this, when most of what Mr. Stern writes is laced with obscenities, are important elements in his enormous underground celebrity. His most bankable qualities are his honesty and his regular guy standing. The stage of titillation in reading Miss America comes as he describes his own ravenous sexuality. The strongest revulsion comes in his account of how, in winning the ratings wars against a competitor in Philadelphia, Mr. Stern was driven not just to win, but utterly destroy his competitor, to humiliate him and ruin his life. That's unbelievable. I just don't understand what's going on here. Uh... Most people do not give vent to all of the thoughts that run through their minds or disclose all the things that they do as they deal with quotidian eroticism. Miss America, in this sense, reads like excerpts from the fantasies of sex and aggression that might be published in a psychiatric association textbook. <laughs> the fantasies in Mr. Stern's case have largely to do with masturbation, sadism, incest, and body, body fluids. <laughs> as long as they're... That's a good one. Maybe this is a positive. I think it is, actually. I'd buy the book. Oh, definitely. It's the greatest. As long as there are uh, only a very few people who trade in that currency, and as long as those few do it well, it can be funny and cathartic. Mr. Stern is funny and cathartic. Well, then, good. Yeah. Review. Oh, cool. I think it's an actual positive review from the New, New York, York Times. Times. That's about time, wouldn't you say? This is kind of funny, too. For the most part, Mr. Stern merely writes about himself. He knows that his syndicated morning radio show has a throng of worship, worshiping listeners, and he is unabashed in his assumption that the appetite extends to an easy-to-digest book form of the program. He recounts a meeting he had with Michael Jackson at the time when accusations of child abuse were being leveled against the singer. He cordially roasts all of the people who work with him on his radio show. He thinks of the women he would seduce if his wife of 20 years were to die suddenly. He describes his encounters with Tom, Roseanne Arnold, and other celebrities. One of the more pitilessly funny portions of the book is a description of what Mr. Stern calls phony phone callers, as various pranksters have gotten on the... So that's real positive. Sounds like a great review. 
Mr. Stern, in short, has become a kind of deity, the mention of whose name brings glory to his acolytes. Wish I had better vocabulary. Acolytes. This is a new twist, twist in the celebrity culture. Other people achieve godlike status because of their association with beauty, wealth, or power. Mr. Stern has achieved his because he raucously legitimizes the dark side, the anarchic impulse, the savage beast in all of us. That's pretty good, huh? It's a good review. I'm still wondering about all these words. Yeah, well, it's the New York Times. <laughs> I sure won't. But one of his secrets is that even as he carries out new and clever pranks, he manages at the same time to reassure his readers that even he obeys certain rules of decency and common sense. That in fact, with his wife and children and suburban home on Long Island, he is really the compliat bourgeoisie. Bourgeois. What is that? Compliat bourgeois. Are you sure that's not just supposed to be complete? No. Compliat. C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T. That is complete. That's some kind of stylized... So maybe French? Maybe yeah. British spelling? Or yeah. something? I don't know. <laughs> At the end of his chapter on phony phone calls, Mr. Stern discovers that his 12-year-old daughter has been making secret prank calls of, his own, of her own. It's kind of funny, he tells her, but it's really not right to be hurting people. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, you go back into the office yeah. and dial up another number. Yeah, well, at least I'm honest about it. <laughs> That could be Mr. Stern's epitaph, rather than the one he offers for himself in Miss America, which is based on the idea that he was the one who dared to use the words penis and vagina on live radio. Mr. Stern charms, Mr. Stern's charm depends on our knowing that he knows that it's really not right. He does what is not right, and he morally distances himself from it at the same time, which is what gives us permission to take our safely felonious pleasure in the spectacle. Ah. Hey, seems positive to me. <laughs> That sounds real popular. I'm going to look up some of those words. <laughs> Just to make sure. That's from Richard Bernstein, a yid. Uh, nice. You have to say that. <laughs> well, you have to identify for people who everyone is. <laughs> and Bernstein is pretty awesome. A yid. He's no explanation. Well, anyway. Thanks, man. That's nice yeah. to get a nice review on the uh, New sure. York Times. It's about time. <laughs> How come it wasn't in the book review section, though? Why was it like... They um, they don't want to recognize you over there. Yeah. They have all kinds of games they play. Yeah. Oh, you want to know the latest game they're playing? What? So, this week I was number one on the bestseller list. Yeah. And I'm number one everywhere this coming week on the USA Today list and everything. On the New York Times list coming up Sunday... I'm number two, and Colin Powell's number one. Wait a minute. How does that happen? Wait a second. So I said, wait a second. This is kind of weird. Let me go check it out. So, you, okay, you want to see why my life is crazy? So we call, So I called HarperCollins. They checked every book chain. That's, where, that's how you get the bestsellers. Yeah. I sell Colin Powell's book. I got to bring in the memo tomorrow that I got. Like it, like it borders books or whatever. Wall, I sold, let's say, ten thousand copies. Mm -hmm. He sold like thirty. Yeah. We went through every bookstore. I am clearly number one, the number one seller. Right. The New York Times, in an attempt to embarrass me, I guess, or slow me down in some way, has re put my book as number two. But how do how do they justify it? They just do it. I'm getting more statistical uh, data so I can back this up. I'll have it for you tomorrow. That's amazing. Yeah. I know. I'm the, and, and meanwhile, every other paper has me as number one. 
So how come they're making me number one? And, and how come when we call every bookstore, I'm not selling this guy like 50 to 1? But who cares? I don't care. Yeah, who needs the New York Times? You don't even need them. No. It's just, just consp it's a conspiracy. I don't like it. <laughs> Call 60 Minutes. Yeah, Don Hewitt. Steve always a piece of garbage. Anyway, I, I don't think you got to say anything, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, you know, what, what's the bag with Jay Leno here? This guy, you know, I used to watch Letterman all the time, and then just listening to your guy's show here, he turned me right on to Jay, and then, you know, you go on his show, and he turns into a friggin' idiot. You know, I just don't understand. He turned into a friggin' idiot because he's starting to get some ratings, and he thinks that this is the way to get it, and he's getting all uptight, and he's got this whole image of himself that he's America's, uh, you know, he's going to be Johnny Carson. Times have changed. Broadcasting has changed. Broadcasting is looser now. When Entertainment Tonight is showing thong shots and using the T word, what is it? Uh, Roger Ebert's on the phone. Oh, Roger's talking oh, to you Roger. Right now. And Roger says that you gave him the wrong email address as well. Yes. Oh, I probably did. Okay. Because I was waiting to hear from Roger, but now I don't yeah. want to hear from yeah. him anymore. Well, he had plenty to say to you this time. Yeah. Hey, Roger, Mr. Talkative. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, you must know how I feel about all of this. Now, listen, first of all, i got to set the record straight. I thought what you did was funny. Right. You have been misrepresenting me... You know what? The I last can't, three days, but you I know was I can't in agony the other morning when you had Cisco on the telephone. I didn't have your number. You're kidding. How come no. Cisco had it? Well, because he had it. I don't know. You know, Roger, you know what it is with you? Even my agent was saying this. He goes, gee, Roger is a real nice guy interview, but it's hard to read him because his face is always in a scowl. I go, I well, know. I said, I said myself. Well, Howard, your face is thing. always in what? a scowl. It is not. What is that movie you did again? Yeah. Beyond I, the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, because yeah. Robin said to me, how could the guy who made Beyond the Valley of the Dolls not think what I did was funny? Yeah. Well, listen, there's a logical contradiction, Howard, in what you've been saying. All right, go ahead. You've been saying, I didn't know how to handle it. And then you're saying, that's what was funny. Right. So if I had known how to handle it, it wouldn't have been funny. And my problem is, I just didn't I think, I thought that you didn't think it was you, funny. You keep saying that I ignored what was going on around me, which is partially true. That is true. But if I had not ignored it, if I had turned and looked, then it would have been back to you. Oh, you so would have had to do something. you're saying you ignored it what was on funny, purpose? What was funny, because I love unplanned, spontaneous television. Good. What was funny was the fact that I kept trying to talk. And by the way, right. it wasn't about Casino. i got to set the record straight. It was about Bob Dole. Right. It was about the money train thing. Right. I kept trying to talk. The audience is breaking up. Jay is looking over my shoulder to see what's happening. Gene, by the way, yes. Gene. is appreciating that girl's back. He kept saying, right. she has a beautiful back. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. that was funny. To my way of thinking, it was funny. It would have been less funny if I had sat there and just That's watched. That's true. Okay, so wait a second. Okay, I, I so apologize because I, I do, I do. I, Are you saying you planned that? No, of course no. I didn't plan it. No, but he recognized that. If I had planned that, I would have turned into a heavy metal rock group. <laughs> My interpretation was that, you know, first of all, I was going to send the girls over to you guys. Well, that would have been okay. That was the last time we were on your TV show. I yeah. wound up with one on my lap. Yeah, and I thought it would have been wild to do on The Tonight Show. But you know what? Jay was bumming so heavily that the girls were just... And the girl was sucking my toes, and I was digging it while you guys were talking. And it was funny. But they wouldn't show what was going on at the end of my couch. And, I, and I'm telling you, that's, that's ridiculous. I know. It was strange because when I watched the show on television, I thought this is, uh, this is kind of like... Absurd. It all made sense, you know? It all yeah. kind of... It looks kind of tame. Yeah, it was yeah. absurd what they were doing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and to me, the biggest crime of what went on was that Jay himself edited... You know when he walked off the show and said, that's it, I can't do this interview? Yeah. They edited all that out. 
I don't. And that to me is a guy who can't laugh at himself. Yeah, he ruined a great show. Yeah, he, he in, in essence ruined the show. Well, but he didn't because everybody is still talking about it. Yeah, of course. But, you know, but I, 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 thought I, stand, funny. I, I thought it was funny. And I told, uh, what's his name, uh, Chuck Henry, the television guy, right. that I enjoyed myself. And I did because for me it was an experience. I mean, that's what I go through life for. Right. To have strange, unpredictable stuff happen to me. I mean, I mean, and no, I was not. I was not, Howard. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. By the way, at I, all. I guess I thought I was I, that you were because you didn't speak. You don't know this about yourself because no one sees himself. But I always think you're angry. Well, maybe I was scared. Can't or maybe I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but if you look at that show, one thing they didn't edit out when the show was over and we all stand up to shake hands with each other. Yeah. You stalk off. Looking real mad, and you don't talk to anyone. Because you know why I was mad. You didn't say goodbye because, to Jean. You didn't say goodbye to me. You know you didn't why? Say goodbye to the girls. You know why? Why? No, I did say goodbye to the girls. Actually. Oh, I'm happy for that. Yeah, oh, don't worry. I didn't forget that. The gentleman. Yeah. So you know what it is? I was angry that I had sat there while they taped this phony baloney ending. Yeah. And I was then. I, the reason I sat there was I said to Jay, "If you're short on time, this is what I said to him. If you're short on time, I will sit there and let you finish out the time." I didn't know he was going to edit out, but I had some sort of sneaking suspicion after it was over that they were going to edit out Jay walking off the show and that whole funny thing. So I don't know. Jay, by the way, was not looking at me. Jay would not talk to me. So I just felt uncomfortable, and I walked over to the band leader because I never met him before, and I wanted to shake his hand. Oh, so that's where you were going? Yeah. So I went over to the band yeah. guy, I shook his hand, and then when I and then Jay was clearly not interested in talking to me. Jay was so angry, he took Gary downstairs for 15 minutes and yelled at him, and whined to him, and started screaming how I was uh, using the S word, essing in his house, and all this stuff. Jay just didn't get the joke. You you clearly did. I didn't know if you were getting. Why it. weren't you speaking though? A girl thought well, you now, were angry. I have to do a little revisionism here because, yeah. of course, the strange thing about all of these things is it all depends on who the camera is on as to what people think is happening. Right. I've been on those shows uh, where when it's going down, you don't have the close-up, and then later if you were talking, they give you the close-up. Right. You know, so then they edit it. I was having some fun. Did you hear me telling uh, Gene to put his shoes in your lap? Yeah, well, you know, it was weird. I, it, it because was just... the girl had her shoes in his lap, and he was examining. You're not giving us enough credit for going along with it. He's talking about the fact that no, Gene said some to gum me, or something. No, Gene, I can't give any credit to. He he lectured me on that couch. Remember when we yeah, were all sitting don't there? Don't lump us together. Well, all I right. didn't tell you. No, I you didn't tell you. You were talking to me. Make the story of your life. Did I say that? No, you didn't. Because you it's always me. say Siskel and Ebert. Siskel and Ebert. If it's one name. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't do that. I didn't. I, if, if Gene had asked me, I would have said no. I don't think that a documentary is the right way to go. You know something? You're absolutely right. And Gene is so. You know, Gene was giving me this whole rap. How I wasn't funny this time and that um and i just said you know why is everybody critiquing me i don't critique anybody well, you see, the thing is i thought you were funny let's just talk about your two appearances first of all the the first segment is the two girls i thought that worked because right. it was it was outrageous it was you know and you know earlier he had made jokes about spanking right. himself I know. and then the second one where you're going through the box of books i thought that was fabulous yeah and and, and that's all i was trying to find then when you guys came out granted and also incidentally i thought it was funny when jay put the bible over to one side right i thought that was something funny that he did because obviously jay was you know, so you are you are the spawn of the devil and you right. have to get the holy book away from you but you know what's funny jay is so up to if i tell you the trip jay was laying on me during this thing it just it just you know and i knew that afterwards Jay would watch this thing and edit the crap out of it. And then two weeks later, they'll be replaying the thing forever because it's going to be a Tonight Show classic. Yeah. And it really pissed me off that Jay has no ability as a broadcaster. Now, here's a guy who's been doing well, it for a couple of years. but now there's another contradiction, Howard. If he had handled it, it wouldn't have been as good. No, I don't.
don't mind any of that, but then he went into the editing room and cleaned yes, himself he up. He didn't put, he wasn't brave enough to let everybody see his reaction. He ran everything. I have no problem. He ran all the stuff he said he wouldn't run. He ran the butt, butt bongo. Granted, he pulled the camera back. And, and uh, he ran the kiss, even though he did a, a, you know, a blocking of it. But the one thing he edited out was him and his reaction walking off the show and, and me at the end of the couch while you guys are talking. Yeah, well, my, my opinion is that you, it's, you know, when they do these shows, they do them live to tape. Right. And I have been on these shows a lot of times when things go wrong. And they should run that. And they kind of leave them in. And you know what's happening recently is increasingly they edit to fine-tune. Yeah. It used to be in the old days they taped for 90 minutes and that's what you saw. Right. And now uh, they do fine-tune. They go for the other close-up, or they got the wrong reaction shot, or they cut to the audience. They sweeten it. And you're, they and turn up the uh, laughter right. on the soundtrack. Well, do you know that they rehearse the audience and do give a standing ovation? To oh, well, that's done on every single show. A, a standing guy. ovation? Sure that you have somebody no. that comes into your studio and warms up your staff before you come. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Sure. No, I mean, to, to say to an audience, <laughs> seriously... Roger, Roger, to say to Okay, now when Howard comes in, I want you all to applaud and yeah, bow. Yeah, right. No, they want they want you to throw things yeah, at I Howard. I want a Frisbee if you're going to give me this. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, they give out Frisbees to stand yeah, up for Yeah, well, Jay. one thing about your studio, there's no room for a standing ovation. <laughs> you're not kidding. There's no room for anything. But no, I, listen, I enjoyed it. Oh, good. Okay, and, I didn't know. Uh, I, 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 I assumed that you didn't. And I think I have to give you credit for this. Thanks. You are right that I didn't know how to react. Right. But I do not apologize for that. Good. I defy almost anyone to know how to react and the fact that I didn't know how to react was funny was funny and so therefore you should thank me for not knowing how to react yes as a matter that of fact true. I was trying to and I want to tell you something yeah but Jay didn't kind of weird he asked you. me about Bob Dole mm -hmm. um, and Money Train well I think we ag agree with that by the way I've got an answer to that now I, it only took me four days to prepare it right <laughs> which is a billion people bought movie tickets last year, and there are only two incidents that are maybe linked to the movies. Right. But Dole wants to raise the speed limit, which will cost us 10,000 lives a year. <laughs> That's great. That's so great obviously response. freedom of speech is not as important as freedom to drive faster. Yeah, and how ridiculous. To yeah. I mean, Bob Dole... Yeah, that would have been a good answer. But, of course, what happened was... <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to answer about Bob Dole and his policy on money train. And there's a girl eating while, my toes. Meanwhile, you have to recognize this. I'm not looking at you because I'm looking at Jay. I have to. I'm in the hot seat. No, you had to because... Jay is looking past me at something right. happening behind me. Yeah. Right. The audience is chanting Howard. Right. The band is breaking up. <laughs> and I'm going on with Bob Dole's series of the cinema. And Jay... Hey, that but, was but Roger, that's what Jay cut out of the show, the whole chanting and everything. He, yeah, he I know. Just, People couldn't hear the audience. It's crazy. Yeah. And, but and that's what was absolutely hysterical. First of all, I stand corrected. Uh, I said Roger didn't enjoy it. It just looked to me like he was... I didn't think you were talking And every report I got was that he wasn't talking to you. The well, you know what it was? He glared but at I wasn't talking to you. I never got a chance to talk to you. Roger him. was being honest now. He's saying, hey, listen... At the time, I was so stunned. I don't know what the hell to do. But well, of okay, course, I was like I was like a rabbit in the headlights. But now, in looking at it as theater or as a film, I didn't film, mind it. I don't mind. Good. That's I'll wonderful. tell you one thing. No one, you it was the wrong slot on that show. They either should have started with us, or they should have not had us on. We, they should have had a rock band. No, as a matter of fact, they should have had you on. Everything that was, was perfect. J if Jay had mellowed out and gone with it and, and, and said to you guys, like as a broadcaster, I would have said to you guys, "Hey, your reviewers." What do you think of what, if he thought I was a jacket, she said, Have I lost control of yeah, the show? I mean, what do you think of what's going on here? I mean, we, no one could get off the agenda. Usually, usually that's, a, that's a, a lesson in broadcasting. Whenever you don't know what's going on, it's best just to say you don't. That's what I should have learned. And I Roger, where else listen, in the world? Well, let me ask you something. I know you don't want to talk but to me for hours. But wait a minute, Roger. Okay. Where else in the world, in any situation, 
would you not comment on what was going on? Only on television. When they get those cameras well, on. Well, you have those rules. Now, you have to understand that the first time I was on the Carson show, now, this is a true story. Cisco and I were backstage. The writer comes in as the band is playing the theme. We are terrified. Right. We are kids from Illinois. We don't belong with Johnny Carson. Right. The writer says, oh, Johnny might ask you what some of your favorite movies are this year. Mm -hmm. The guy leaves. Cisco and I, our eyes lock. <laughs> and we realize neither one of us can think of the names of any movie. <laughs> so help me God, I'm not making this up. Gene got on the phone to our office in Chicago and said, give me the names of some movies that we have liked this year. We were so afraid. We couldn't think. We were terrified. This was about, I guess, about 14 years ago. Yeah, right. So you get in, locked in. You go in, you sit down in the seat next to the host, you turn to the host, and he asks you a question. See, it's I'm... like your program, you know? And in my mind... And that's what I was... I didn't know what to do because, first of all, I could see from the monitor the camera was not on what was happening. And what I think would have been great. Cut to it. What I think would have been great, though, like now this is in retrospect, but in my attitude toward broadcasting is you go out on the Johnny Carson show and say, "Listen, I'm a movie reviewer, but I can't remember one goddamn movie." You know, Johnny, I'm so scared. I'm, I'm to be so scared here. to be oh, here. I, I was prepared to do that, but once we got out there, you, uh, you were all right. It all came back. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. So, so the point was, I got to tell you, by the way, those were beautiful women. I mean, usually yeah. when you rent, uh, I don't know if you rented them. Hired them or just <laughs> usually when you them. rent, right? Yeah, weren't they great? <laughs> I don't know where you found them, but oh. usually they look like they've been open in Ralph's supermarket for about thirty. You know what kills years. me? That women who do actual, you know, adult entertainment now, uh -huh. if you will, are so good looking because there's so many women who want to be stars. It's amazing that they'll do that. They're stuff better on looking camera. than a lot of the real stars. They are. Now, they they're, were. Now, is it true? One is getting her PhD in economics. Is I that believe so. I believe yeah, that is true. That's true. Yeah, yes. going to law school. I'd love to see her transcript, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> they were beautiful women, and I had them hidden in the closet. But you know, the only part of that whole yeah, I thing. I saw them when they're when they're following you on the stage. They still had those smocks on. They look like druggists. Right. <laughs> the only thing that because yeah, I had them hidden in the hall when I was walking I know, in. Well, what's Howard doing with the two women in white coats? They must be his paramedics. Yeah, and then I had a second I was going, I had them rip off their coats. I see. So I could get them past the Tonight Show. But well, you know, Roger has vindicated himself yeah. in my mind. Yeah, but now you haven't vindicated have yourself. Question. There's one more item of business this morning. What? Go ahead. How? How could you have said that you thought Siskel was a better critic than me? Uh, you know what? Every time I go on the show by Notice myself, the cameras you tell me that I'm a great critic. You tell me, and you criticize Gene. You know what happened? Then you're such a hypocrite. You know what happened? Those cameras come on and you freeze. Yeah, I know. And you don't know you what to do. You think of what to say. No, can I tell you what happened? You were so confused by Gene asking you, you that know, question. You want to know how it happened? Yes. Gene comes in before the show into my dressing room. And proceeds to kiss my ass. <laughs> I swear to you, he was in there for ten minutes. Nobody got in your dressing room, Howard. Oh, wrong. Security guards at the door. Hold it. Your you... agent couldn't get in. Roger, do you know that I'm telling the truth? Forlornly. Roger, Gene came in, sat with me for ten minutes, proceeded to tell me how great I was, how wonderful I was, totally buttered me up. <laughs> totally he came on your show before you ever saw Thistle. Me. No, of course. I came on first. All right, can I then say I something now? Gene, hey, it's a good show. You now want to go on. Can I say something now that the show is over and I can yes, think clearly? Yes, I wish you would. I think you are such a far superior reviewer than him. Yes, thank And you. you are the Pulitzer Prize winner. Yes. So I happen to think no, that... I don't care if you're lying, Howard. You're I'm not. Talking. I'm not lying. I know that you are the better critic. <laughs> but if somebody butters you up, that's all it takes? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I'm, all he could remember. It was okay, well, as we got that out, then you know what? made my day. And I also thought you were, like, pissed off at me, so I was just like, you know, the way you were giving me the Well, scout. I was, because you went on the air, and you trashed me for not sending you any email. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, let me I give you a... getting it back from the mailbox or something, <laughs> saying this address doesn't exist. And furthermore, the address you gave me is so 
simple. I know. That do, it is incredible to me, me that you could have gotten it wrong. All right, do me a favor. Just stay on hold for a second. I will tell. I could say what the address was. No, don't, don't, don't. Address. No, don't, don't, though. Oh, no, I want to. Because it's too close to my real one. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Hold on. Guess whose email I got? Terry Hatcher from Lois and Clark. But oh, really? he can't give it to you. Yeah, I can't give it to you, but I already wrote her a letter. Yeah, well, I have some interesting email, too, the other day. Well, anyway. Who'd you, you get know, the problem from? is you never know who it is. Like, you look for, you search for Sandra Bullock on America Online, there are nine of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And you eight of them probably too. look just like you. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on, okay? Okay. I want to give you my email address. Okay. But I do apologize for... Yeah, uh, listen, we were... uh, it, was a, it was a life experience. All right. Hey, listen, we're going to go down in tonight's show history. You know that. Well, now you're going to be on Letterman, right? I'm doing Letterman on the 20th. you get yourself booked on that? Do you want to come on with me? <laughs> come on, let's try it again. being in the audience, frankly. <laughs> I'll think up something really dumb. All right, hold on, okay? Okay. See, now, you know what the problem is? Now everyone's going to expect me to go on every late night show and do and something do really something dumb. something really wild. And I don't always do something like that. I just thought Jay would really appreciate it. I think it. that for the Letterman show, do you remember uh, Silence of the Lambs when they brought out Hannibal Lecter uh, strapped <laughs> to the board? Yeah. With a plug in his mouth and a blindfold and 16 handcuffs? Yes. That's your entrance. Yeah, come in like that and then bite yeah. Jay's face. And then they bite, take uh, the little plug out of your mouth, and yeah. the moment that you don't say the right thing, they stick it back in again. Or how about I just eat David's face off his, uh, you know, <laughs> off his head? <laughs> All right, hold on, okay? Maybe I'll... You That's an interesting picture. What if I tied Dave up and light him on fire? <laughs> you think that'll make the news? Oh, you, you're you really a madcap, aren't you? <laughs> He's a madcap. Would you know how to react then? <laughs> I actually have a, a great idea that I want to discuss with you. Can, can you hold on? Yeah, okay. All right. Hold on. But I wonder, if you went out and lit Dave on fire, would Roger still come out and do his interview? Yes, while Dave is burning. <laughs> Roger just sit there and talk about the casino. Maybe Senator Dahl was right. I think Howard has seen too many movies, and now he's lit David Letterman on fire. I think that, by the way, what? Um, I think for sure that uh, Roger liked Casino. <laughs> just for the record. I'm not well, sure. I did like Casino, but we never really reviewed it. Exactly. We never get, really got into it. Of casino. All right, listen, I hold on. It. I want to give you my uh, email. Oh, good. All right, hold on. Okay. But what is the matter? Um, now, I know people get the, uh, you know, Roger and Gene mixed up all the time, but this right. guy that lives out in L.A., he says he heard Roger on our afternoon stage, you know, show in L.A. That's right. Yeah. And he was, had, was singing a whole different tune. Not true. <laughs> well, let's get this guy on. What did he say on the afternoon show? Uh, from what I gather, he was saying how he, he didn't like your appearance on the show. How it took away from what he and other guy was doing. No, I didn't everything. say that. You didn't. You, you heard it wrong. It, it was on the real. It was on the real guys. Yeah, it was on the real, real guys. guys. The regular guys. Yeah, regular guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get a tape of it and listen. I did not say what I did say that was. I said what they didn't see was you telling the producer that you would be a good boy. Yeah, I did. I said to him, I'll sit uh, at the end uh, of the couch. I, 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 get, get, get the tape and listen to it. You're I will. You can get the tape. I said that I enjoyed it. Are you okay. sure, Roger, you haven't rethought your position on this whole thing? Well, if I have, I'll get a lot more publicity because you can play the tape and make me out to be a hypocrite. All right. Get the tape, Howard. All right, thank Howard, you. I love this show. It was great. Thank this you, man. It was great. Thank you. Me and my brother were there. We were in the, up in the stands making a lot of noise for you. What right. I accused those guys of yeah. was I said, I made the mistake. I said, well, Howard is your hero. Howard is your God. Right. No, no, he's not our God. How can you say that? And I said, well, I've been in the car for two hours listening to you, and you haven't breathed one syllable of criticism I said just as an exercise because they're new you know yeah. they're new on that station I said I know they didn't hire you on real radio in order to criticize Howard can you think of anything he could have done differently to make his appearance better <laughs> it's a good they report. could not 
Of course not. Yeah, How can it be better? Who is that? Like, who is that? How can they make it better? Howard, they were actually going to say book a rock band. Yeah. Go ahead. They were the ones who kept saying that it was great on the tonight's on the Letterman show when the blue, uh, the guys with the blue faces. Nah, it wasn't. Oh, the two. No, I'd rather have Siskel and Ebert there than a rock band because a rock band. Well, the rock band comes on us all over. It's just exactly. a musical segment. Exactly. Well, we came to see you, Howard, not not Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> okay, all right. Much. That's very nice to say. All right, Thank hold you. on. Thank hold you. on. Oh, I just hung up. Oh, you hung up on Roger? Roger, hold yeah. on. <laughs> I can't work those damn phones. All right, let me take a break. <laughs> I now want to hear what he said on that show. You know what? We, we don't need to go to L.A. anymore. <laughs> well, we can't go for a long while. Yeah. There's too much that happens when we're there. I wanted to talk to you about what happened on the uh, plane flight and a whole bunch of yeah, things. But... You know who was on my plane? Who? Courtney Cox. Oh. <laughs> I, you know who I ended up with? Oh. Smokey Robinson and Robin Leach. Oh, and meanwhile, no. Gorilla had... Laura Layton from Melrose Place. Everybody had good-looking hot chicks. I ended up with Robin Leach and Smokey Robinson. Uh, but I was rapping to Smokey. Did you? You talked Take to Smokey? Take a good look at my face. That's not a song for you to sing. He <laughs> <laughs> was real friendly to me. Yeah? Do yeah. you know who you were? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He oh, was yeah? like, wow. He goes, man, you're really tearing up the town. You're like, wow. Well, Smokey Robinson. Well, they're and I went, legend. And I went, and you are? Oh. I didn't know who he was. He goes, I'm Smokey Robinson. I go, a Smokey? I didn't recognize you. Oh, you're terrible. So <laughs> well, Courtney and I shared a golf cart together. Hmm, that little bitch. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta and give... she's not anorexic. I watched her eat. Hold on. I want to hear all about this. <laughs> Did you sit next to her? No, she was, well, we were like... Hold on, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let me go talk to Roger. I have an idea for him. Okay. Return to the Howard Stern Show after these messages. Philadelphia Book Signing Tower Records on South Street, Saturday, December 9th at 10 a.m. Just so you know. Where's Robin? Isn't it news time? Where where is she? Oh, there it is. What happens? The breaks are like twenty minutes long. What? Uh, where does she go? Oh, I see. Yeah, that's different. Hmm. Well, I'm tempted here to start some discussion, but I wanted to get the news and get home at, some, at a certain point in the show. Does anyone know where Robin is? Nobody told you. Nobody told you what? Oh, there you are. What are you doing? doesn't work. What light? There's a light above this door that tells me when you're going back on the air, and that's why how I run back oh. in. And the light bulb must be out. Oh, for I God's didn't sake. think you were back on. Nobody tells you. No, no. Someone nobody. better. No, it was nothing about not being told. Really? The light didn't work. All right. As long as it's not your fault, that's all I care about. No, it is my fault. But the, it... my signaling system broke down. Scott, the engineer, was already complaining to me about his flight back from Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. He's always got the sad sack story. You know, and Gary went on the flight with Scott. Uh-huh. Scott is such a jinx that no matter whoever ends up on a plane with Scott knows there's going to be massive delays <laughs> and problems. What was your problem on your flight? Well, Gary said Scott is like... You know, he's he does a jinx. The, he's a Jonah. She's got that cigarette thing, too. Like, he can't oh, smoke oh, oh. on the whole flight. Oh. <laughs> he's got the match burning as... 
They're almost boarding the plane, right? Now, what's the move? Well, when he got off, when we got off in L.A. and again in New York, Scott's like, he's got him in his pocket, so he doesn't put the cigarette in his mouth waiting for the door to open, but he might as well. Because mm. as soon as you get, like, three steps on that thing that's not the plane, yeah. he's lit up. Really? He's lit up. You mean out the door? Yeah, and he sort of makes a joke out of it. You know, got to get the cigarette in. You know, but it's not funny. Now, that's uh, leaving the plane. That's right. What happens when he boards? Is he? Uh, I didn't say when he boarded. Did you sit next to him the whole time? No, no. I could both like aisle seats. Oh, and we couldn't find them together. Six hours so, in hell otherwise. Do you ask to be separated from Scott? No, I really don't. I would sit next to him, but I want to sit in the aisle. I don't like when they c up me over here, Gary. And doesn't he complain the whole time? Wasn't that the no, problem? I, I don't want to sit in the boat. Well, I mean, he, he, reason for complaint this time, <laughs> but it really is. He is like a jinx. I, what happened I, to you? We guys? were on a Boeing that had like a thousand people on it, and they might as well have loaded everyone like it was like you're going on Noah's Ark, and Scott and I, maybe two other people, were the only people on the plane that spoke English. Wow. Oh. Everybody was Mexican. And it was really funny because the flight was late, so they made an announcement at the at, you know at the airport. Uh, flight for New York is going to be a little bit late. So these Mexican people, all they heard was New York, and they all lined up. Right. So the guy comes on and says, please sit down. The flight doesn't leave for another hour. Nobody moves. Two seconds later, they go, excuse me, por favor. It comes in Spanish, and everybody disperses. All right. <laughs> I was shocked at the airport. You hardly see any white people, actually, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles really is like being in Mexico. I didn't find that. Oh, I did. I, and I had to sit in my car about 20 minutes before I got to the plane. Why? Uh, because I'm so famous that uh, all the luggage had to be taken out and uh, had me escorted into the building. <laughs> so um, I'm sitting in the car looking at everyone, and I said, hmm, look at this. It's not one white face. It's weird. Have you ever noticed, like, Mexican people's luggage? They don't travel. They, like, migrate. You know, it's, they have, like, five and six, pa you know, pieces of luggage. It was yeah, well, wow. I think that's a stereotype, Gary. Oh, it was on our plane. No, no, no. There, I mean, was, a, you know. there was a Mexican band on our plane. <laughs> and they had... <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. They had about... There was 11 members of the band, and they must have had at least 75 pieces of luggage. Really? That went on that plane. Scott got both because he got... St Scott got stuck in front of them. And yeah. he couldn't get it, Scott couldn't get his one little carry-on yeah. through the x-ray machine because these guys were loading an yeah. organ. No, I just drum set. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> I just walked right through it after that. I said, this is ridiculous. So when did you light up for the last time before the flight? Did you light I, up? I had a cigarette when we left the hotel, and I hadn't, didn't have a cigarette until I, I got back to New York. You didn't York. have a cigarette at the airport? No. Really? No, you didn't? I, no I, didn't. I didn't notice. I saw you when you got off the plane, though. You lit up. When I got off the plane, when not no, I didn't even light up. I when I got in the car, that's when I lit up. Nothing like nicotine mm. on the top. I thought man. it was a little sooner than that. No, I was trying to light up. <laughs> oh, so you were trying to light up? Well, as, as soon as we got out, so were you holding terminal. your bags and walking at the same time and trying to light up, and you couldn't get no, it all together? No, we got outside. I, yeah. mean, I didn't. I mean, that was like uh, ten hours. Have you ever seen those guys on the Long Island Railroad? They have, they're waiting for the doors to open, have yeah. a cigarette in their mouth, and the one match is already taken out put sideways in the matchbook right. so that they can get it immediately. Yeah. No, I wasn't like that at all. I had my lighter. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun ride. Well, I I'm know he's having a good time today because he can smoke and work at the same right. time. He couldn't smoke uh, at the monkey bar the whole time. Lucky me. Couldn't smoke no, on the plane. plane. I, I, I had a couple of monkey bars. Did you have a few cigarettes? Yeah. Where? This in one, the room? Remember when we couldn't oh, get yeah. our microphones on? That was Scott having a cigarette. You're right. What's with you? Your reaction time is so slow. No, no. You see, like, Jackie trying to talk. You don't turn the microphone. Two times. <laughs> Jackie only talked two times. A couple times. <laughs> there was a lot going on. I can either light up or give Terry Hatcher a microphone. What else was going on? Scott's, Scott's got to figure out. We had out. a great view of him smoking, didn't we, Fred? Right. Oh, yeah. Like, 
he just gets lost in it. He it's wonderful to watch. Oh, yeah. Scott's got to figure it out because he talked, he talked to me about it. He's going to, next time I do a broadcast, he's going to add a third person so that all Scott has to do is watch the board. Oh, I've got too many other things going on. Yeah. I'll watch from outside while I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anybody famous on your plane? Oh no! Right. I bet to be. I bet to, to upgrade to first class. Yeah. You no, know, I asked her how much it was. I said I don't care how much it is. Just get me to first class. <laughs> get me in smoking class. <laughs> no, if anything, it's about. I know how much it is. I had to upgrade. Nope. Uh, wow, it, it was no? bitching. It was nope. seven hundred bucks. Not on this airline. Seventy-five. Seventy-five dollars. You kidding? No, right? I said I'll do it. I'll do it Did three you do times. It? She it said, oh. Sorry, we have no seats. Seventy-five bucks? Yeah. It's not. It's it's a no frills airline. I won't say the name. Oh. But it's a no frills airline. I know everything. There's no dinner. Or anything. Really? There's a snack. There's no doors that open either. No. <laughs> yeah, they give us a little snack. It says right on your ticket, there's no dinner snack. Right. You think, I mean, it, it was bizarre what happened when we tried to get into the terminal in New York. With getting up and down, they couldn't open the door to get off the plane. No, but, what do you want? You get what you pay for. But when you talk about was there anybody famous on our plane, right. the ten people that spoke English on our plane kept walking by my seat going, Wow, this is how they make you travel? Yeah. <laughs> oh. 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 I've never heard of this era. <laughs> Neither is anyone else, evidently. <laughs> well, I had, uh, yeah, so I had Smokey Robinson, uh -huh. who was kind of nice to me. By the way, Smokey has a black wife, light-skinned. And, uh... Well, Smokey is light-skinned, too. It's not like he, you know, out away from yeah, his color. Yeah, but he looks real dark next to this woman. I think really? She had blonde hair. I think Smokey's one of those, was she like his age? Yeah. Because I think he's one of those guys who's had the same wife yeah. forever. He seemed, like a, he seems like a real nice guy, and uh, he travels with another black guy who's very dark-skinned. You're constantly obsessed with color here lately. Yeah. Well, everyone is. Even the black community, as I read in your book, is. No, I also heard... You're not supposed to be so obsessed. No, I got more into it after reading your book. <laughs> I also heard that you ran into John Larroquette in your elevator. Oh, you heard about that? Yeah. What was, was that all about? I was at my hotel, and like this guy, I think he kind of raced to get into the... Into the, the elevator with you? Yeah. I think he sat there, and he was going to act like... I don't, I don't know what happened exactly, but I just said to him, oh, I recognize who he was, because he was wearing a hat, he had to disguise himself and stuff, and I just go, hey, man, how you doing? And he was like, hey, how you doing? I said, ah, oh, had a miserable day. I tried to uh, get to a strip club, I couldn't get there. <laughs> then I left. You said that? <laughs> he goes, oh, I feel bad for you. <laughs> so you actually had a conversation with him? Oh, yeah, I tried to make a joke. But you didn't say, hi, I'm Howard Stern, and shake no. his hand, and no. that but we knew who each other was. Oh, well, I just, I wonder about that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, and uh, Robin Leach was on the plane. Uh-huh. Of course, he was all over you. No, he was. I don't know. I think he might be pissed at me or something. Really? I don't know. He was, like, friendly, but not that friendly. Hmm. He might love to Allison. Cause, do you think he might have been angry at you? What would he be you know, angry about? You, well, you know what the new thing is now that I find out why celebrities get angry at us? When they come on the radio show, but we don't air their e-show. Oh. People start calling here getting upset. No, yeah, we're going to air it. I mean, it just takes time. We have so many shows. Then uh, and who did you have? You had a good. You had Courtney, Courtney Cox. Cox. And like she, she knew who you were, and you knew who she was. We didn't speak to each other. Oh. But we uh, wound up sharing a golf cart to the, you know, to the outside. She carry a little cassette with her that plays the theme to Friends. No, but she's mm -hmm. reading a script. Yeah, right. That's the, the move. Entire flight. You know, I could have. There was this guy <laughs> sitting next to me uh -huh. reading a script. Uh huh. And he was traveling and stuff. And then I, I realized who it was, because my agent knew who it was. His dad runs, used to, his guy's name was Sid Scheinberg. He used to run MCA. Oh, okay. And now he's setting up his own little company. But his son was real obnoxious, sitting there reading a script. Yeah. And I was in an elevator with him, and he was real obnoxious. He says to my friend, uh, the elevator wasn't moving. He goes, is anyone in here smart enough to press the button? 
I was just like, what a jerk. Why don't you be such yeah, why don't a you? guy? Skunk boy. <laughs> but Robert, how do you get, how do you get on a golf cart that's pretty small, and you guys didn't talk to each other at all? She was behind me. Oh. He got in behind <laughs> Yeah, so she was reading her script? Yeah, she, you know, she uh, pulled out her script after a while and just starts leaping through it. I couldn't see whether it was a friend's script or she's working on something else. <laughs> but, you know, for a while, she was sitting there, you know, doing the whole thing where she's like... Trying not to be, Notice. not to make eye contact with anybody, and not yeah. to be noticed by anybody. And yeah. after a while, when nobody bothers, she starts getting up, moving around, right. the, you know, dragging her suitcase. What was out. she wearing? She just had on a pair of jeans and a like a black top or something. Was it tight so you could see her breasts? I don't remember, Howard. You'd have to get a guy to tell yeah. you that. No, she had a black top and jeans on, and she ate all of her meals. Really? Every sloppy bit of it. <laughs> I said, I'm going to watch and see if she eats. I can't watch that show, friends, after that song came out and they're in that douchey video yeah. where they're all running around. And Yeah, that did it for me. I said, even if even if I was going to try, I'm not going to try. Now. Yeah, I'm just not into it. <laughs> and then I, I can't get over the fact that Jennifer Aniston was like a Nutrisystem girl. Yeah. I, I feel she doesn't, she just can't relate Every time to I read something about her, like, now she's got movie deals and stuff, I'm like, she did a Nutrisystem commercial. What's up? Um, you talking about famous um, people on the planet. Um... Um, Steve Gorillo had somebody famous. Um, I was on the plane. plane. He, came, he came into Gary this morning. He goes, you know who I was on the plane with? Who did you say you were on the plane? I, I, he said, he said, um, you Grant. No, no, no. Gorillo goes, I was on the plane with you Grant. Who did he, yeah. he say? No, no, he, said. no, he said something about you Grant, and I was like, oh, I was on the plane with him, but it was actually he Grant. Who? Gary. <laughs> Totally. Gorilla, and Gorilla goes, I was on the plane with you, Grant. You know who he was on the plane with? Who? Grant Show, the guy oh. from from uh, Melrose Place. Place. I knew it and Grant something. Big difference. With Laura Layton, that redhead from Melrose Place. She's really hot. Oh, she is so, she's a tiny little girl, too. She's, she's a piece of ass. Such a piece of ass. I could get her. <laughs> a couple? I'm now convinced yeah, I could get these girls. Definitely a couple. Yeah, I could get him. What, did you see him making out? <laughs> you think I could get him? <laughs> you know who I was hanging out with? I um, I was with my friend. So Gorilla's in a room with Gary the whole time? Uh-huh. Which was real annoying for Gary. So Gorilla comes in. First thing he does is, like, Gorilla's one of those guys who doesn't realize everything in the mini bar is, like, $50. Right, it costs money. So Gorilla just emptied the, the mini bar. Because and there was a, a well, I, I got I, don't know what I had a were cranberry juice. I didn't had have sodas, candy bars, Hey, look, macadamia nuts. I, sh I shared one thing, one packet of Oreos with Gary. That was it. Uh, macadamia nuts and zgaji. Eight hundred and fifty dollars. You didn't drink any of the booze. <laughs> I did not have one sip of Gary beer, not one alcohol. He emptied out the mini bar. <laughs> I, I I drank juice. That was it. Mm. I was thirsty. That juice is like fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell uh, Howard about your date? Which date? Which? Oh, it wasn't a date. There's something weird. What, Jay Barrymore? Yeah, I want to get with that. Jay Barrymore show came by my book signing and everything. Uh -huh. But I don't, like, Gorilla somehow is hanging out with people from the show. I don't yeah. know how this is happening. Yeah. I, 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 how met, is that happening? I, yeah, yeah. I met Jade at a party. Yeah. And we, we hung out the whole time at the party and we became friends and she, she just shut up to Doug from his party. Oh. No, this was another party. Oh. This was a, it was a, it was a party during the She summer. must be desperate for friends. I guess. Doesn't Gorilla, like, hang around with half well, the people who do our show? Well, you know, it was really weird. You know, Gorilla's flight was one hour behind mine. So I'm sitting in the room, and Gorilla up at the airport because he has no money, so right. he has to beg and borrow wherever he can. Doug Beatty. You know, the guy he that drives? No, it's the other guy oh, drives. All right. So he mentioned to me that those guys might be picking him up, and I'm like, fine. And I hear some noise. I recognize Gorilla's voice from outside my window. 
The next thing I know, they're taking the wheelchair out of the car, and I'm like, oh, no, they're coming up here. I, so I'm in my shorts. Uh, I'm oh. eating dinner. Why do you do that, girl? I, did, I didn't invite them up. They just came up. I said, all right, thanks, guys. And they, they, oh, like, he got out of the car, took out my bag, and Doug's wheelchair. Oh, man. And by that time, Gary had already stuck his face out the window going, hey, what's up? But what's funny is Gorilla wanted to come out to California, and we didn't have a budget to bring him. So okay. he decided to pay for himself because he wanted to come out and help. Fine, okay. So Gorilla goes, I want to help on the show. So what is Gorilla's big job? is getting my food every day, right? Mm -hmm. He picks up my breakfast. So I get to the monkey bar. I think I'll eat breakfast there because I know Gorilla's going to handle it. So I walk in and I sit down to do the broadcast. Gorilla says to me, you want something to eat? <laughs> so I said, uh, sure, what do they got here? He goes, well, we got the rice and um, we got the turkey. 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 Now, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm just walking out. I don't eat rice and turkey for breakfast, right? So Gorilla's... I, Gorilla's stunned that I don't want to eat this. Wait a minute. I went through all this drama. Wait, wait, but I'll see why Gorilla... This is why you can't work on the movie. I'm serious, because you don't think ahead. So, I, I go... Wait a second. The guy's whole job is to get me breakfast, right? He knows I eat shredded wheat and a banana every day. Uh-huh. But he's got dirty and rice. <laughs> That's what I... That, when I got... So, instead you would say... I, I, if, you, if your job was to serve uh -huh. breakfast, pick up some shredded wheat and, and you know... But what am I going to do? Tell I heard knew he was there for free and everything. I wasn't going to tell him what to do. But if you want to be smart about it, you would get what yeah, I normally yeah. eat. But what you no, normally eat wait, every day is wait, different. It's wait, yogurt. No, it's, I do. It's, it's, oh, come on. What do I eat for breakfast? What do I bring in every morning? Shredded wheat, but sometimes you want turkey. And what did I eat the first day? What and, and then what happened the second day? You still weren't ready for me. I was too. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. I had a box of shredded wheat already. That was the goes, first thing that I, I got. They don't have skim milk here. Yeah, right. I thought I heard that. No, no, no. Yeah, he was totally thrown. Yeah. They don't have it in L.A. He says, they don't have skim milk kids. Non-fat, okay? <laughs> I said, I don't know, man. I don't know what to do with this guy. I got it. I had you taken care of. Where, where else can I find like, I'm in I, California. So, so what, who, what did you want to tell us? It was a story. Oh, um, you, know, you know my friend Bill? The one who gets um, in with all the celebrities? Yeah. He, um, he took me to lunch at uh, Mulberry Cafe. That's the thing that Kathy Moriarty, Kathy Moriarty owns. And we had... Um, That's the thing that... Kathy Moriarty owns. <laughs> 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 oh no, we were, we were sitting there and then I, he, we were having lunch with like John Lovitz and uh, John Lovitz. <laughs> John Lovitz, Lovitz. John, and, uh, you had lunch with John Lovitz and Kathy Moriarty. Boy, and... those two were doing real well. <laughs> those two look like they both need to reduce on lunch. <laughs> Who else did you have lunch? John Lovitz. Love it. Pounded out the pizza and the spaghetti and the beef. Wow, he's so disgusting. And they were like, uh, "You want another slice?" And he's like, "I think I better stop now." <laughs> he's got big double chins and he's he was actually guy. nice. Did he's you, like, didn't what? you wait? Didn't you tell me someone else you famous you had uh, dinner with or hung out with the other night? Who was that? I don't know. You just told me this morning. Um, besides John Lovitz. Oh, uh, the guy from one of those fright movies. The Marshal. Jeff Fahey? Is that who you're talking about? No, Jeff Fahey. <laughs> no. Gorilla was the biggest star at the table between John Lovitz, Kathy Moriarty, and Gorilla. Please, no autographs. <laughs> I'm eating beads. <laughs> All right, very he good. He networks himself. All right, thank you. Jackie, did you sit next to Fred on the way back? Yes. That's who we had in our cabin. Who? Gene Autry. Wow. It's perfect for you. <laughs> we were thrilled. Did you talk to him? I six hours of Fred singing Gene Autry songs in my way. <laughs> and you're like, hey. Again, the saddle. Again. <laughs> 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 Your entire play. Every five seconds. Again, the saddle. 
<laughs> it got down to just one or two words. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's a long flight with Fred. Did Fred talk a lot? It's uh, 19 Martian hours. Right. <laughs> when you sit next to Fred on a plane, he loves to rap. Ooh. That's when he comes alive. You got to be very careful because you know you finally get the conversation to a low and yeah. read. Yeah, and that's the time that people. And if you read... just even go like this, it's an opening. He's like, right, yeah. right. oh, you moved your arm. That reminds me. Yeah, right. And Fred will analyze <laughs> anything, anything. No, it's just a quick conversation with Fred. <laughs> he will go hey, into the minutes where you're going to go. Of that Never be bored. I bet you watch a lot of movies, Jaggy. No, it's a good excuse to drink. <laughs> Did you drink on the way home? <laughs> Yes. Maybe say Fred drank on the way out, right? I had to keep up the slack. What did we, you drink? We actually both kept up with each other pretty well. Yeah. Pretty what did you drink on the way there? Uh, scotch and beer. Scotch and beer? <laughs> I thought scotch you swore beer. that off. <laughs> nah, tequila I swore off. Oh. I've moved on to a new... new Fred said, yeah, I decided I'm not going to drink on these flights. And I was thinking, oh, that's a drag. You know, and we get down, we sit down, oh, and the stewardess comes <laughs> over and he says, yeah, give me a double scotch and a Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? <laughs> and you had a double scotch? Double scotch and a Heineken. You, what do you drink, that straight, the scotch? Uh, on the rocks. On the rocks? On the rocks. So there's no water in it or anything? Well, when the ice melts a little bit. And I looked over and I thought, <laughs> that, that I thought ice. spilled it. Boy, you're a real scotch drinker, huh? I love it. I love it. Very really? Well, on airplanes, anyway. <laughs> oh, we had a merry old time. You must have been bombed. Shit. No, actually, I was doing pretty good. He didn't a lot think more he than a couple. Bombed. Was he bombed? Oof. How many scotches and beers did you have? I think I had one double, or did I have two doubles? Or does that count as two doubles? That counts as four. Four. Okay, you had two four. doubles and, a, and two beers? Uh, yep, that's true. And you must have been high as a kite. He no, doesn't actually, think no. that'll make him... I didn't think I was. <laughs> Jackie might have another story, we but I don't think it was up pretty good. And what did you drink? I just had a couple glasses of wine. Shibley! I was watching him. But he had scotch on the way back. So he was oh, you drink scotch? Sure. I had to keep up with Norris. <laughs> he was singing those cowboy songs. Pulling <laughs> out the heavy artillery. On the way back, did Jackie was probably like, you know, I should have had scotch. <laughs> and so you get you get on the... Uh, we enjoyed Gene Autry. We had a great... Because just Jackie can't ever go on a plane where there's going to be free booze and not drink. Not order it, yes. It's like, yeah, it's like... How many scotches like did you have on... Money. How much? How many scotches did you have on the way back? I don't know, three or four. You know. <laughs> I mixed it with Diet Coke. Everybody's throwing <laughs> That was up. the funny part. Uh, I love scotch Diet Coke. You guys don't drink like rum and Cokes? I like that. Now, those are good, but... Didn't occur to me. Jackie could have. No, they want that heavy duty stuff. Go rum is almost duty. lightweight. No, no rum, Jaeger? Rum, rum's pretty good. No, I'm not a Jaeger. No, I, think that's a, that I think that's a kid's drink. I'd say. I don't even think they have Jaeger on the plane, do they? I don't think so. I don't think they have any drinks on the plane. These guys get bombed. <laughs> well, see, I'm listening to the amount they drink, and I'm like, when did they start crapping on the food cart? I don't know. <laughs> hey, speaking of crapping on the food cart, we better do the news. Yeah. So we're going to be here all day otherwise. <laughs> Let me take a break, and then we'll start the news all right. right after the news. Or to come when the Howard Stern Show returns in a moment. Harry came in during the commercial and said, Both, I accidentally gave you the wrong name of where you'll be appearing at your Philadelphia book signing. Oh, it's a good thing you didn't announce it. But it's, it oh, I did. did? <clears throat> yeah, of course I, I did. I've announced it two times already oh. wrong. <laughs> but it's not my fault. It was Aileen from the book company. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't Aileen's fault. Whose fault was oh, it? it was, I spoke to oh, Taylor's oh, assistant, yeah. Lisa, and she said Tower Records. And I said, you sure it's not Tower Books? And she said, no, it says Tower Records. And then Aileen called and says it's Tower Books. Oh, okay. So it was not Baba Bowie's Papa fault. Papa high. Never is. Is anything ever his fault? It'll be my fault when I kill you guys. <laughs> 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 you will take responsibility for that. I will take responsibility for it. <laughs> 
All right, the Philadelphia book signing will be at Tower Books. Tower Books. On South Street. That's exactly where I was the last time. Saturday, December 9th at 10 a.m. We'll get together early. I'll be able to sign everyone's book. Metal shopping area. Yes. And, uh, you know, feel free to come down and I'll sign everyone's book. Um, hopefully it will not be like the last time when the police asked me to leave. Oh, but, they uh, threw you out, that's yeah. right. But, uh, no, this will be fine. And uh, in Los Angeles, I was able to sign everyone's book. San Francisco, I did a pretty good job. I had to leave at a certain point, but um, I got to pretty much everyone's book. <clears throat> so. Let's get to the news. Uh, this is enough of a show. There is your music, Robin. It must be news time. Thirty already. We're out of show, and we're just don't say we're out of show. We're just out of our show. Oh, <laughs> This is somebody's show. It's just not ours. It is a show. Yeah. Don't say we're out of show. That's an insult to people want to tell. I didn't mean it that way. You're saying he I doesn't. Am have, sorry. You're, not, you're saying he doesn't I have a show. And our show. All right. Go ahead. I am sorry. <laughs> The first NATO troops have arrived in Bosnia and Croatia to begin the Balkan peacekeeping mission. I mean, some Americans. Oh, really? I wasn't paying attention. I was so busy with my own career. I know. You don't right. care. Right. It has nothing to do with your book tour. You're not going there. The great Governor Pataki and Senator Al D'Amato have opposed being in Bosnia. I just wanted to say that. Uh, thank you very much. I just wanted you to know that regardless of their opposition, troops are going. And here is Senator... A senator, no, Vice President Al Gore. Soon to be continuing senator. Continuing yes. to make the case for the president and why we are sending troops. Okay, here we go. You ready, Robin? Yeah. We have a moral obligation as leaders of NATO and as veterans of two bloody European wars and as citizens of a country that is supposed to stand for something in the world to take risks for peace. Hey, so tell me something. Yeah. Like, what do we call the enemy over there? Like, you know, in Vietnam, we call them Googs or, you know, Charlie, stuff like that. Yeah. Charlie's often used. Yeah. So do we call them Charlie, like yeah, I did in Vietnam? Charlie. Or, yeah, well, they call the Germans. I don't know what you call Croats or... Croats you call or... Bill. Bill? Bill. <laughs> hey, Bill. That's an insult to That's them. an insult in Croatia? Yeah, I don't know what you call Serbs. <laughs> don't quote me on this, but I think it's Steve. I, well, speaking of insults, did you hear all the ruckus Ann Landers raised with her New Yorker interview? I don't think she said anything so bad. Ann Landers uh, slandered, well, not slandered, but she, she threw a, a slur at the Pope. She said he was a Pollock, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's a, a negative term. Oh, oh for God's sake. You're kidding. That's an insult. As Bill is to Croatians, oh. so is Pollock to Poles. Well, put her in jail. <laughs> she called the Pope a Pollock? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ann Landers? You know, it's Pollock. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me something I don't know. So then she issued an apology, but people aren't taking too well to her apology either. She said, it's time to get out the wet noodle and give myself 40 lashes. Oops, I called the Pope a Polak. I should not have used a slang term for Polish. It was bad judgment, and I apologize. Well, as Ray Harrison points out in his column today, was Mark Furman using a slang term for blacks when he was saying the word nigger? Oh, when Jackie called Buddha a chink? <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> he points out that that's just as offensive and it's uh, making light of the situation, this apology of her. Did you read what the um, Pope said? They they interviewed him. They said, did you hear what Ann Landers? And he goes, you know, did you read what he said? No. He said, um, uh, F. Ann Landers. <laughs> he used the F word. I don't think so. He said, no one calls me a Polak and get away with it. This is a man who forgave the guy who shot him. I don't think he's going to take that great a, an offense at Ann Landers. No, he said it mass. He went, he, here's a quote. He went, I call the Ann Landers a bitch. <laughs> who, who says this to me? What has happened to the Pope? Has he had a stroke? <laughs> As Bob, I cannot use the C word for woman. Oh, dear. I cannot use C word. But she is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Oh. That's too bad. She really got under the skin. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the uh, president, President Clinton, returned from Europe. I know his name's Clinton. <laughs> president, president Clinton. I just want to make sure. Go ahead. No. He returned from Europe. He was over there for a little while. He was fighting in Bosnia. No, he was not. He was in England. He didn't go anywhere near Bosnia. You mean, you mean during Vietnam he was in England? Every time there's a war, this guy goes to England. <laughs> Smoking pot in England. I'm going to go to England. No, Mr. President, you don't have to go to war. Oh. <laughs> and then he came back. <laughs> I heard a lot of signs like, you know, draft dodger and stuff now hanging up around him. And stuff. Well, it's very tough every time he has yeah. to send troops somewhere. Here's a guy who did not serve. I'm going to England. We have a war with Bosnia. <laughs> no, that's all right. You're the commander in chief. You don't have to go over there. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to go to England by rolling papers. <laughs> well, he came back. I don't know what he got while he was there. He came back last night in time for the Kennedy Center Honors. The honorees this year. Please, Mr. President, would you inform us? Roger Clinton. My brother. These are artists who have distinguished themselves. I've been thinking about this war in Bosnia. I'm going to send my brother, Roger Clinton. Let him go. Today we meet at the summit of five lives of artistic grace and greatness. Jacques D'Amboise, Marilyn Horn, B.B. King, who? Sidney Poitier, oh. Neil Simon. We are pleased to honor oh. all of them. All of them have married white women. <laughs> Wait a minute. Not B.B. though. For your work. More importantly, we honor you for your spirit and your heart. Thank you, and congratulations. So, of course, they have, you know, these people sitting there in their performances, etc. And then some of their friends get to get up and talk about them. Here's Sid Caesar. Who's his friend? On Neil Simon. Oh. Well, didn't Neil work for your show of shows? Yeah. Must really like Sid Caesar. Never put him in anything. <laughs> Is this where he does an impression of French, but it's not real French? Yeah, you know how he does his fake dialect. Yeah, no one He's can do it. What a genius. He's so good at this. <laughs> Nobody really laughs at it. They just go, man, that's really good. Anyone can do that. 
<laughs> Yours was as bad as his. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> and here's James Earl Jones on Good. Sydney Poitier. I've got balls. <laughs> Sydney established the height to which we actors must go. He brought an extreme integrity to his career and to his place in society. James Earl Jones married a white woman as well, you know. And so is Sidney Poitier. What? Always with Shopping. white women. Always. These are people married to people, Hal. Hmm. So you say. <laughs> and once he set the height, he left it for us who followed to establish the breadth. The breadth. B-R-E-A-D-T-H. The breadth. <laughs> One thing, you know, James Earl Jones really does over-enunciate. He's becoming a... You know, but I think that was because he stutters, don't you think? No. I think it's because he's in love with the sound of his voice. The breath. <laughs> I'm sitting there saying to myself, you mean Sidney Poitier is older than James Earl Jones? Yeah, it's pretty sick. Wow. But I let myself go. <laughs> Sometime after the Great White Hope, I decided to eat multiple pizzas every day with the breath. I see in the paper now that... Uh, Christopher Darden has signed a movie deal. Oh, he's a good actor. <laughs> Police. <laughs> How did you figure that out? He signed with, I think, Steve Tisch, the guy who produced Forrest Gump. Yes. They're, gonna do, they're doing like a sequel. It's Forrest Gump, but he's a lawyer this time. And he goes that he, he's got a case where they got tons of blood evidence. It's a no-brainer. And because he's slightly retarded, he loses the case. <laughs> Well, they say the uh, picture will focus on more than just the trial, but they haven't said what yet. Uh, Darden gets something like, um, I don't know, something like a $75,000 advance. And wow. uh, if the movie's actually made, he'll get a million dollars. Wow. And he's going to sort of co-write this deal. He's the first to actually make a Hollywood movie deal out of uh, his O.J. notoriety. Poor O.J. can't get a... Well, OJ can't get anything. <laughs> Everybody else is making money. He's an innocent man. <laughs> Meanwhile, a charitable organization has canceled a planned fundraising dinner featuring Chris Darden. Oh. Because of poor ticket sales. Nobody interested, huh? Keepers of oh, Young Disadvantaged oh. Students, Inc. sold 56 tickets for this Saturday's event at the Downtown Convention Center. But uh, they needed to sell at least 400 tickets to break even. Well, so you're on Johnny Cochran then. <laughs> Johnny Cochran, they, they, they'll all buy tickets for it. All the people who buy tickets to see that road show. Chris Darden, a hard-working guy, they wouldn't buy that ticket. The charity was to pay Darden $10,000 to be at the dinner, and it was charging 50 to $75 a ticket. Hmm. Nothing, thank goodness, was paid to Darden in advance. <laughs> <laughs> they knew better. Well, he's a hard-working guy. He's really a role model, but uh, nobody wants to hear him talk. They thought uh, Darden would be a hot ticket because Johnny Cochran, who Johnny was Cochran. to appear at the University of Toledo in January, uh, did so well. Because Johnny Cochran. So we don't know, but uh, Chris signing deals, but he doesn't seem to be much of a draw on the... Talk circuit. Sort of like Jackie on the comedy circuit before he joined the show. Hey! <laughs> hey three tickets! Ah. Also, uh, while we were away, a couple of
of things happened. First of all, Whoopi Goldberg is getting a divorce from her latest husband. First. Yeah, I wonder why. The uh, marriage hit the skids when another, another, were another white guy she married. Yes. That he was stepping out with other women. I think he looked at her on the honeymoon night and said, wait a second, I got to stop it. Oh, please. Whoopi's no looker. All I have to say to you <laughs> is that now, guess who Whoopi is rumored to be involved with? She's got a new boyfriend? Yes. According to the, the Hollywood type? Way. Yeah. Frank Langella. Oh, how dare you, Red. I did not. Get out of here. Are you kidding? I'm, I'm kidding around. How dare you. The guy who played uh, Dracula. How dare you. You must be sitting there with a paper right now. Oh, I guess. Who else would go out with her with that guy? He's 100 years old. A monster. A monster would only go out with Whoopi Goldberg. A guy who played a monster. You're horrible. Yes, that's who they're claiming she's involved with. That people have seen them at uh, I don't believe it. some Broadway show snuggling up with each other. Frank Langella? For Frank Langella, who is also getting a divorce from his wife. Well, got to. He's got to be with Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> she <was> what? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> what Frank Langella's wife must look like. Stop it. What are you saying? <laughs> Haven't you seen Whoopi's got a new look? Haven't you seen her MCI commercial? Really? I didn't know. I didn't detect a uh, new look. <laughs> and she's losing weight. Really? She showed that on Comic Relief. Really? No one was laughing. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought I'd report. She's a triple bagger. Oh, oh stop. With the lights out. Obviously, a during lot of men find it would be very attractive. She's a triple bagger with the lights out during an eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> that means when you're in bed with her, you got to put three bags on in case two break. Uh, how <laughs> how come? He always seems to be diving into bed with somebody. You she's find famous. so unattractive. <laughs> Guys will go out with her, I guess. She doesn't seem to be hurting. Franklin Jill in financial trouble? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I have no clue what his finances oh. are. Well, listen, God bless him. If they're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> Oh. Whoopi can't get a break in this room. Ooh, boy. I, I love Whoopi. Tremendous talent, but ooh, boy. <laughs> Wouldn't date her. No good. Uh, yeah, all right. Last woman on earth? My choice between her and... Uh, uh, all the rest are guys. Whoopi's the only woman here. And Brad Pitt is one of those guys? <laughs> I'm with Brad Pitt. <laughs> all the guys are still here, but... Uh, Dig a hole the in the ground. <laughs> And dig it deep. Trying to go for it. All right. <laughs> deep and thin, because that's how I am. Uh, <laughs> Let's take a break and finish oh, up the news, Robert. Okay. Enough of this title <laughs> gossip. More this. To the Howard Stern Show. Devil man. Just so we get this straight, I will be in Philadelphia Saturday, 10 a.m., Tower Books on South Street, Saturday, December 9th, 10 a.m., signing uh, Miss America, Howard Stern, Miss America. Just bring that book. I can't sign the private parts. It takes too long. can only do one. You got, and don't bring any uh, posters or anything. I, mean, I can't sign all that. I want to make sure you sign the book, right, Robin? That's right. I only sign so many things. Guy, guy bringing in underpants. Guy, guy brought in eight videotapes. I mean, I said to the guy, listen, there's, there's, there's lots of people waiting. We're going to sign everyone's book. Then they get mad at you. What is, uh... Good Lord. What? I'm looking at myself in Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time you took it off. Right, sure. 
<laughs> That's funny. I can see somebody Let's faxed see. me this morning, and they they faxed actually they faxed you. But I didn't give it to you. Why? I said, with Robin's feet being so big, don't you think she might have been a man? Let me see your feet. Let me see the picture. <laughs> just the way the picture is shot. Let's see. <laughs> the news halts. You know, I um, if you're going to be in charge of the uh, faxes, you have to give me every fax. You can't, I don't, you can't we, discriminate. We were very much talking about your uh, Leno appearance. It wasn't going to fit into the conversation. Uh, showing a little leg there, aren't we? <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. yes. Look at this. Yes. And showing feet for all our foot fans. <laughs> Looky here. Well rubbed feet. Ooh, what a woman you are. Oh, please. Very feminine. Take a look at this, you guys. She's sitting in the middle of a boxing ring in, in a gown of some sort. And legs for miles. Legs for miles. Those are your feet? I would imagine they're on the end of my legs. You should have been a kickboxer. <laughs> wow, Fred. I think maybe because they're closer to the camera. Right, yeah, it's one of like the angle. An optical illusion is what you're saying. Look at those things. Do you get your rollerblades on? You've got to start early. Wow. Let me see. I didn't think your feet looked that big. I mean, the rest of her... Do they? Let me see. Everything they else look looks huge. Important. I'm looking at your breasts. Oh, my God. Those look huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You look beautiful, though. Like fake legs. <laughs> Everything's fine until you get to the feet. No, the legs are getting a little yeah, uh, prominent there, too. Man. Once you see the feet, you can't look at anything else. <laughs> look how beautiful the breasts. Oh, yeah. Beauty. So, yeah, you just like that. Look at that. Yeah, you put your hand over there. It's a pretty good picture. Can you fold the page? Yeah. Oh, yeah you yeah. just covered up. Well, I have to read this. <laughs> I don't want to read it right now. Come on, we got to finish the news. I just had to look at the picture, see what, how I turned out. I was not. So you are in twenty questions in Playboy. Yeah. And who's on the cover? Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. No offense, but let me see her picture. Oh no! Come here, give me that. Oh, I'm trying to do the news. All right, I can do the news. And look, give me that. Quickest news you ever did. Oh yes. What is this? A new spread she did, or is this old? I think they just did a retrospective. Mm. What a girl. Of all of her uh, former appearances. Mm, look at her feet. <laughs> you don't see anything wrong with her pictures. No. Perfect feet. Perfect feet. She's blonde even in her pubic region. Oh, she is not. <laughs> all right, Robin with her triumphant appearance in Playboy. Answering 20 questions. No more. Got no more. 500. They airbrushed. Right. <laughs> that left 20. Right. <laughs> 20 of the most important questions of our time. I suppose. So anyway, let's see what's going on here. Uh, Bill Cosby is coming back to TV. CBS hoping he'll save them the way he once saved NBC. Yeah, didn't he do that game show, You Bet Your Life? <laughs> that saved a lot of people. I think he did that for NBC. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I think he's got a lot more good ideas in him. I don't know actually who he did that for. Maybe it was a tape or somebody thing. Television's anyway. Hiroshima. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're going to uh, lower his...
and make him a little bit less nice for his new series, oh, One Foot in the Grave. It's based on uh, a British series. I don't know what they'll call it here. That's the name of the British series. But anyway. he, he should pay them to put him on TV. <laughs> One more time out of the box for Bill Cosby. Well, uh, good luck to him. Also in the news, the um, Ace Awards were on TV last night. Yeah, notice I wasn't nominated again. Again? Yeah. You know, I didn't even know they were coming up, but we have a show on cable. Yeah. Well, they, they refused to nominate me. Hey, Scott, did we submit for a nomination? Where are you? Scott Einziger, executive producer. They're sitting there arguing about whether uh, Bill Maher is politically incorrect or Larry King is the best talk show on Yeah, Apple. gee. Two big ratings grabbers. And running around giving awards to Jane Wallace. Who even knew she was on TV? <laughs> she was on FX. Oh, my God. Yeah, they can't, for some reason, they can't seem to acknowledge that I do a show. Did we submit my show for a show? Yes, we did. We got snubbed. Which shows did you submit? I, I think we submit uh, Nina the Hot Dog Girl. Right. I was like, a classic. Classic. We submitted um, a few celebrity shows. I took a girl who sells hot dogs and made a fantastic show. They got the biggest ratings in e-history. I think a few celebrity shows. Right. Uh, maybe Pat Cooper. Whatever the greatest shows are, we submit. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's better tell. I'm sure that Larry King has come up with better television than that. Probably. Probably. Yeah, so. Oh, bunch of dicks. Who cares this dopey award show? I wouldn't go to it anyway. <laughs> Sit there with Larry King, sitting stroking himself. Well, uh, Bill Maher did win that category, Best Talk Show. Gary oh, Shandling won be for um, Best Comedy Series, or Best Actor in a Comedy Series. Well, of course. Uh, the Best Comedy Series was Larry Sanders. Yeah, that's a great show. So anyway, there's another year of uh, Ace Awards in which we were not nominated. They can't even bring themselves to nominate me. Dennis Miller Live won uh, Best hmm. Variety. Yeah, that's a great... Award. He's much more talented than I am. Rip Torn win anything? And program interviewer was Jane Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, she's a much better interviewer than I am. <laughs> Come on. Give me a break. I, I, how, could I, how could I compete with Jane Wallace... And Larry King. <laughs> Larry King answers the phones and tells people to ask questions. Well, he didn't win. Bill Maher won. Oh, oh Bill Maher, yeah. That's right. Doesn't he do the news the way we do it when we sit around with people? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, Bill Maher, real original. I now think I heard that he's uh, threatening to move politically incorrect to Los Angeles. Oh, I hope not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Nobody would care. Fred. Fred only one. That show is such a piece of garbage. Comedy Central doesn't have to pay a dime. What we ought to do is create our own award show. That's what they've always known how to do in Hollywood yeah. and all of these other places. VH1 had the, what did they call them yesterday? The Fashion and awards. Music Awards? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't nominated for that either. <laughs> I was like... Fashion and music. This yes. They, uh, you know, somebody won model of the year. You get both a guy and a girl won yeah. model of the year, and I guess yeah. they give some That's designers good. awards, and then of course they give the usual video awards. And Madonna won for being the most fashionable female in videos, I suppose. Yeah. And here is a bit of her acceptance speech. Big deal. I'd like to thank all of my fans because no matter how many beautiful dresses I have to wear, without you, I am nothing. 
Thank you. Mm. All of a sudden, she's got an accent. Yeah, she's sophisticated now. She sounds like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I like to thank my fans. Oh, my beautiful fans. Because no matter how many beautiful dresses I have to wear, I'm nothing without you. <laughs> <laughs> Where does she come off? No, those those weren't the fashion awards. Those were the stupid awards. <laughs> I think her mouth is frozen from too much sex, so she has an accent now. Her tongue froze up. While we were away, she admitted that she had been raped at the age of 17 on first coming to New York. Uh oh I don't believe that at all. I don't believe it for a minute. Oh, really? Of course not. You did not give any details. Of course not. There are no details. She has to make those up. If she was raped, it was with her own fingers. Oh, stop it. <laughs> If the woman was raped, let's not Don't believe it. dwell on it. She's just doing that to get some attention because nobody cares about her anymore. <laughs> she might as well go to Poland and sing. Hmm. With the po <laughs> she has a problem with Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, too. Yeah, they sell records. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have a problem with them? She says she's upset with them because they don't have a point of view. And she does? What's her point of view? I don't know. What, to bend over and crack a smile? <laughs> What's her point of view? I've yet to hear a point of view from her from that vapid music of hers, that soulless, empty music. Same crap. It sounds like bad disco. I'm just telling you what she said. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Mariah, Madonna, Whitney, who cares? I got my own problems. <laughs> now she was raped all of a sudden. Telling you, that's what everyone says as soon as they uh, see their career fading. Not while sales are good. Yeah. How come she wasn't raped uh, before then? Yeah. Howard, I cannot answer these questions for you. Question number 21. She should go home and, and dye her pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> Multicolors. <laughs> Dr. Jack Kevorkian has won an award. He's not a very good doctor. <laughs> He's been awarded $20,000 for uh, his support for assisted suicide. He was at the VH1 Awards. He got the best killer of 1995. <laughs> it's in the form of an award from a millionaire who champions individual freedom. Hey, we're over here. Duh. <laughs> Hello. We're into individual freedom, too. Yeah, we do it all. <laughs> from something called the Sovereign Fund that was uh, founded by Kurt Simon. Kurt Simon calls Kevorkian a hero. And he says that he has shown a boldness that deserves merit. That's a good one. He says he also watched his uncle die a painful death from cancer after thwarting the uncle's suicide attempts. So uh, he has a special feeling for Dr. Kevorkian because of it. As I do. But, uh, again, I, we're open. We can take awards, too. We have, not, we have yet to receive an award. <laughs> anything else, Robin? Let me see if there's anything else I wanted to bring up today. Uh, oh, Susan Lucci's in a new TV movie. She's going to be the first woman to ever play a Scrooge character. Oh. What a groundbreaker. <laughs> Maybe she really, she'll win an award. I'm a big admirer of hers. Police. The uh, Lifetime movie is called Ebby, and here is a scene from Miss Lucci. Ebby. No, I'm already a different person. Oh, boy. Show me all this if I'm all asshole. 
No wonder she never wins that soap opera award. To make things better by being better. Uh, I will honor Christmas and I will keep it mm. in my heart. Past, present, and future. Is that a high school play? You sure you got the right tape? <laughs> If she ever won an acting award for that, I'd, I'd give it back. <laughs> you know, they can say that they don't have much time to rehearse on those daytime shows. What's her excuse for this? Yeah, but she had lots of rehearsal time. <laughs> Please! Please! Police. <laughs> Jody Foster has been receiving threatening emails. Not from me. <laughs> Today's Daily Variety report that uh... Terry Hatcher gave me her email address. I was thinking it's like sending her like you know. <laughs> the messages detailed plans to attack and murder Foster and described image imaginary sexual encounters. <laughs> the FBI is to investigate. Hmm. That's very depressing. Jody Foster having another problem with a misguided fan. <laughs> Her fans are evil. You know, people talk about my fans being something wrong in them. Jodie Foster's the one who has bad yeah, fans. Yeah, somebody ought to talk to her about what she's doing to people. And you know, who is the best paid athlete, Howard? Um, I need to say Mike Tyson or Michael Jordan. Well, you're right. It would be Michael Jordan. They say he made something like $41 million last year. Only about $4 million of it from playing basketball. The rest is endorsement money. Yeah. It is bad. It's not right. Yeah. Make people laugh every day. <laughs> and nobody cares. <laughs> so so he, made, he made $4 million from basketball. Yeah, I think his contract gives him about $3.9 million a year. I see. And then the rest from, how much? $40 million in endorsements. About thirty-five, six million in endorsements, and like forty dollars for baseball too, right? <laughs> I think he, get, he paid them. <laughs> he paid them. <laughs> it actually lowered his. This is minus forty dollars. <laughs> All right, Robin. Thank you. And uh, read uh, Robin Quivers in her new Playboy interview, oh, where she is dressed almost. See her big feet. <laughs> see her big feet in the picture. And she speaks about. Her boss's butt? Is that what the, how they referred it? Her boss's butt? I don't know. I haven't read anything. I saw something about butt. She didn't do the interview? I know you wouldn't make fun of me in the article, so. If, if it was, You're my friend. I'm, I was misquoted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, and Quivers of Life is out still in your bookstore. In fact, I was at the book signing. Someone handed me one of your books to sign, and I told them, I don't sign that. That's, uh, <laughs> I've signed her. I said, no, I said, well, I said, I'm signing Howard Stern as America. Uh, Jackie the Joke Man Marlowe has come up with something I think you would like, Robin. His new CD or cassette, Sergeant Pecker. <laughs> It's not a dirty word, is it? Word. Run out of a chicken. Only $12 for $3 shipping and handling. Jingle Bell bonus. Buy two, get one free. Call 1-800-323-KING. Friday night, December 8th at the Comedy Loft in Orangeburg, New York. For info and Jokeland's internet address, call 516-922-WINE. <laughs> I'm not your boss. Well, I don't call you my boss. I can't help what people write. <laughs> Not a quote. I see. Sure. <laughs> this Saturday. Why are you handing me this, Jackie? I just was the, the definition of pecker. Oh, pecker. Want to be vindicated? One that pecks. See? <laughs> what does it also say? 
Fitness, often considered vulgar. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> right in the definite. First. This Saturday, King Norris comes to Jay Mallory's in Kloster, New Jersey. That's Fred's band. Don't miss Stuttering John appearing. Is it, in fact, King Norris, your band? King Norris. Is it really called that? King Norris. Is it? Yes, it is. Good for you. Don't miss Stuttering John appearing in Tony and Tina's wedding every Wednesday and Thursday night. For more information and to get a signed copy of John's CD, call 201-942-OUCH. If I ever get a dog, I'm going to name him King Norris. <laughs>